Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silva and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong. Something, something. Loaf, Zom. This is uh, Silver and Gold. Uh, Yeah, episode 58. This week on the show, we're bringing you a little Burt Burt Young. Burt Bacharach. Burt Bacharach double feature. Um, Kind of a moral support in a shady situation double feature, if you will. Choir Boys from 1977. The Pope of Greenwich Village from 1984. Seems later than that for some reason. Except for Eric Roberts' perm. That seems much earlier. Um, I am Piculet Loaf, and with me, Dr. Zom. Hello. Oh, it's been a, it's been a week, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a Has week. it been a week? It seems longer. Yeah. Like a day longer. No, wait a minute. Two days longer. It seems like a lot fucking longer. Uh, Zom, how are you, sir? Uh, uh, Okay. I um, had some corn, some chicken, some (laughs) Some green corn, talking to some ladies (laughs) of, uh, I don't know, uh, questionable (laughs) morality and girth. I don't know. I don't know why I even, you know, there's been about a week of experimentation uh, with standards and practices. <laughs> That's all I want to say about that. Oh, I had a, I had a shit storm of a week. I had a long fucking work at week at week at work. Oh, like fucking eight out of nine days at the store with a fucking iPhone launch right in the middle. Launch. Launch. Not fun, people. Not fun. Now you were saying how great it was. Now you're saying not fun. What's what what what's what, what is did I say? it? I said it's been a week. <laughs> There's nothing great about it. Alright. Um yeah, so just tired. My uh What do you expect when you live on Bad Street? Bad Street. Uh, I went way S-A. down it this week and it got bad and smelly and hot. Um so yeah, so got a, a broken iPad in my life now. Jesus, got a running my running an iPhone soundboard this week. So uh, bear with me as I manage with my thumbs instead of my fingers. That's what she said. And um, yeah, so yeah, we'll just get into what we've been watching. That's enough belly aching for today. Speaking of corn, enough belly aching for today. God, I had this broccoli mac and cheese the other day. 
and broccoli mac and cheese. Broccoli mac and cheese. And I thought I was going to uh, peel the wallpaper. It was fucking awful. <laughs> it, I don't understand what that term means. It was. It was. Is gross. that like hipster? Yeah, yeah. It was a hipster. It's a hipster term for when you have such bad <laughs> gas that you can swear that the air coming out of you is about 138 degrees. Ah, uh, gross. You know, you've reached the big time in podcasting when one of the when one of the big boys starts snipping at you on their show. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that was all about, but you know, let's just say uh, to to our fans, this is a behind the scenes thing, so a lot of you don't know what what I'm talking about, but. Um, you know, we're, we're we're just we 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 try to make peace with with some of these people. It's uh, it's hard sometimes, you know, a little prima donna action. I don't just, know. Just because Maybe a I jealousy. wear a calculator watch doesn't mean you have to hate me, man. <laughs> Tight pants and with my <laughs> with my with my mushroom show. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Hey, I've lost a lot of weight, man. I'm I'm down to two oh five. Fuck, man. Down, man. Yeah. Doing good. I haven't even fucking exercised. It's just from not eating that fucking sausage and yeah. and and hamburgers all the time. I'm gonna get rid of the the muffin top. You know, it's just uh, well, mine's still there. I mean, I, I think yeah. just, I think I've just lost it in my arms and my legs. I just can't walk as well or lift anything. Well, anymore. That's, <laughs> that's good. I'm just as fat. I just have skinnier arms and legs. Uh, so, what have you been watching these past ooh, eight days? All righty. Well, let's just get right into this. Okay. I have a notebook. It's a um, <laughs> it is a steno notebook, executive steno notebook by Skillcraft, six by nine, eighty sheets. Greg ruled. I don't know what that means. Uh, is it um, stained with ice cream yet? It had a stain on it from my cappuccino cup this morning, and it looks <laughs> like it had. It looks like it has like some maybe like somebody laid some potato chips on it, but I (laughs) haven't been eating potato chips. What's this shit? Cut. Oh, that's my notes. (laughs) Okay. Well, here we go. (laughs) Man, I have to shit. Uh (laughs) No, no, no. Let's continue. Um, I'm a professional. Okay. The first thing I watched the cabin in the woods. Um, I, um, rented this downloaded and rented this from itunes um i had heard a lot about it and most of what i heard was that it was good and i can't tell you what it's about or can't (laughs) tell you anything because you have to watch it um it stars thor and some other people (laughs) and uh i can't tell you about it but i liked it (laughs) i really did uh i bought the the blu-ray last week man my my wife and i I watched the making of documentary on it yeah, I would I would do that. I would buy a Blu-ray of this. It was it was entertaining, you know. Yeah, um, it was fun. Yeah, pre-manufactured call film. <laughs> it was it was fun. It was fucking fun. That's if there's anything that I could say to describe this word, it would be Thor and fun. Uh, <laughs> the next thing I watched was a child is waiting with um, Bert. But Lancaster and uh, Judy Garland. Yes, they have Bacharach and uh, also John Cassavetes, who is the director of this movie. And um, it's pretty good. It's on Netflix Instant Watch. I am a Burt Lancaster fan. Like, I love Burt Lancaster. He's one of my favorite actors. I like his smile and his panache. Uh, but anyway, um, this his is. Nude uh, photography. New photography, his badass man. The guy was in shape. You got to say that he didn't have no muffin top even at like sixty something. <laughs> no, he, he was like not. Bronson man. Um, so anyway, uh, Bert uh, uh, 
uh, runs a uh, school for uh, special needs kids, um, autism and stuff like that. And this is an old movie, black and white, so it's it's pretty good. I I really liked it. Um, Netflix needs to watch. Check it out. Uh, next thing I watched was a documentary called – it's a frontline documentary on PBS, which we have to get rid of PBS because you know it's a communist plot, a uh, liberal communist plot. Um, it was called Endgame, AIDS in Black America. It was really good. Uh, most of the frontline uh, documentaries, I haven't yet to see any of them that uh, weren't done well. Mm-hmm. There's some of them that I really wasn't interested in. Maybe the the subject or whatever, but they're they're really good. And if you want, you can either just listen to the audio of them for free on iTunes, or they actually have some of them. They have the um, the actual video on iTunes for free, so you can watch them. Um, because you know it's socialized uh, television, we pay for it. Next thing I watched was the baby goose uh, Ryan Gosling. In Half Nelson, which is also on Netflix Instant Watch. Um, the first time I saw this, because I liked Ryan Gosling at the time, I had only known him from um, Goosebumps on Nickelodeon. The, the Believer, uh, the, where he plays a <laughs> Nazi skinhead. But um, so when I watched this, I was kind of excited because I thought he was good, and I did not like it. Uh, this time. I think because I knew what to expect, mm-hmm. I liked it more, but it's still kind of, uh, I don't know. It's not, he's good in it. He's awesome. In it. I, the movie was just kind of eh for me, too. Yeah, just the story. I mean, it, it, it um, you know, he's a teacher, he's a crackhead, uh, and this little black girl befriends him. So, um, but it's just kind of like a, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Nothing happening. Story, I guess. I don't know. But you know, and and you know, he wears a. Uh, at one point, he has a red, white, and blue American flag um, band aid on his lip for quite a long time. His bottom lip, which was kind of, <laughs> it really looks stupid. Uh, and when he was at his parents' house, um, did for some reason I thought about you when his dad came in. And, I don't know why. Uh, next thing I watched was a Ray Liotta uh, vehicle called Street Kings 2 Motor City Unrated. Um, this is on Netflix Instant Watch. Now, I like Street Kings 1, not Motor City. Street Keanu Reeves and the guy from House and uh, some other people. Uh, Forrest Whitaker, not the back of Forrest Whitaker's neck, but actually the front of Forrest Whitaker's body and head. Um, <laughs> but this one, it's straight to DVD, and uh, my friend recommended it. I don't think it's very good. But never since I watched it, you want to watch it. All righty. And I, because we reviewed, uh, or are going to review, The Pope of Greenwich Village with Mickey Rourke, I had a little Mickey Rourke fest. I had a, I had two people that I did a fest of, which if you consider a fest, like two movies. One was Mickey Rourke this week, and the other one was George Clooney. But I watched uh, the Walter Hill Mickey Rourke movie, Johnny Handsome. Now, uh, this came a boot because um, someone mentioned Lance Henriksen on one of our one of the pages. Maybe I think it might have been Gentleman's Guide, and uh, the best movie he was in. And he plays such an asshole in this movie. He's so sleazy, and he wears the the, the dumbest fucking redneck, um, white trash redneck trying to be cool outfit. 
Uh, he has the him and Ellen Barkin are like uh, boyfriend girlfriend, but they're they're scumbag uh, criminals, and they both kind of have the same hair. And he is so skinny and just sleazy, and he has black leather pants on, uh, white, almost like white snakeskin cowboy boots. Uh, sometimes he wears a wife beater T-shirt, uh, which is always sleazy on a, on a white trash scummy redneck. But sometimes he wears a cowboy shirt that has the sleeves completely cut off and a big belt buckle, cowboy belt and belt buckle. <laughs> and then his pistol is like a... 45 automatic with like pearl handle grips on it. So he's really sleazy and, and he is so over the top and Johnny handsome that uh, it's awesome. That movie has a really good cast. It has, like I said, Lance Henriksen, Ellen Barkin, uh, Mickey Rourke, of course, uh, Morgan Freeman and Forrest Whitaker and um, Scott uh, Wilson, who was in the, uh, Oh, in cold blood and a whole bunch of shit. But it's a good movie. Everybody should watch it if they haven't. Walter Hill is good. Next thing I watched was my other Mickey Rourke of the Mickey Mickey Fest of the three Mickey Rourke movies I watched this week uh, was Homeboy. And it was made around the same time as Johnny Handsome. Uh, my friend Mike and I, at the time when Mickey Rourke first came on the scene, were huge Mickey Rourke fans. We would watch anything he was in, and he was in some poop. But he was one of these guys that he would do whatever he wanted to because he was in such demand. So even though he made some movies that were not great, his performance is usually good in it, and they're something interesting. And this was when he got into his boxing phase, and he's real skinny in this, and um, kind of plays a cowboy like this cop. He's in the, the, the he's drunk, and this young cop comes up to him, is like, "Hey, man, get out of the street," and he's like. Hey man, don't punch me that stick. And he just ta- he just fucking personifies this <laughs> redneck cowboy thing, and he's a boxer. It's got Christopher Walken in it too. He's like the the other main guy. And then his girlfriend at the time, I can't remember what her name was, is the his love interest. But he it, it's not a great movie, but it's it's pretty pretty good. Got some good acting. You put him and Walken in the same movie. Uh, next thing I watched was. I watched this documentary and I thought it would be fun. Oh no, no, I'm, I, I jumped up my list. Uh, actually, I did. I'll just say that I okay. Since I started that, uh, <laughs> I did watch this documentary and I thought that it would be good. And it's called Mansome, like mm-hmm. handsome, but it's Mansome. Mm-hmm. And I guess Morgan Spurlock did it, and I was very much let down by this. This was mm-hmm. on Netflix Instant Watch, and. Um, I don't know. If they would have just done a straight-up documentary about uh, male grooming and how guys today – it's almost like Tyler Durden saying that you know men are being feminized in the world because their their dads aren't around, so they're brought up by women and all that crap. Um, and with the waxing and you shouldn't have – but like when Bryn was at fucking Horror Hound and this girl comes up to him and – tells him that his chest hair was gross and that they wanted to shave his chest hair. I mean, I would have been like, you know what, cunt? If you want to come up to my room and suck my goddamn hairy dick, then you can, but get out of my fucking face, you goddamn stupid whore. So anyway, I mean, that's what, what, I mean, that'd be like a dude. Now, if a dude walked up to a girl and said, hey, man, why don't you go get a fucking tit job because your titties fucking should be, you know, sued for non-support. I give those two titties four thumbs down. Anyway, (laughs) but so anyway, this wasn't very good. that dude that's in Arrested Development, the main guy. Um, uh, which actor? Which main guy? 
Arrested Development. Oh, the um um um. God damn it! Whenever uh, whenever I put on the spot, I can never think of a name. His name is uh, Jason. Jason Bateman. Bateman. Yes. Bateman. Yes. yes, he was that girl Bateman's brother. That yes. was sort of hot, but sort of not. Um, he's in this, and him and this other dude just kind of do like these little comedy skit things or shaving and stuff. It was stupid. I didn't like it at all. It was stupid. Uh, but I did like this movie, which was funny. It's not, not a great goddamn, you know, fucking cinematic uh, masterpiece, but it's called Next Friday with Ice Cube and <laughs> Debo. And uh, it's just funny. If anybody's seen Friday and knows those shenanigans, uh, it's about the same, you know. It's it's kind of got it's kind of dumber, but it's still funny. Yeah. Um, Ice Cube is a great actor. I said it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, I don't have the cricket. I don't have the cricket noises loaded on my iPhone. <laughs> cree 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 anyway. motherfucker. Uh, War of the Worlds was on TV on television. Tom Cruise. Okay, now I will say this. Maybe it's not the greatest goddamn movie in the world, Spielberg, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Tom Cruise is a, kind of a, a goofball as far as his Scientology stuff. But I thought his acting was pretty good in this. Now, okay, now, it's funny to watch almost like in a Stallone way to right, watch right. how many times he fucking is grinning and acting. You know, he's just grins constantly and like that <laughs> you know <laughs> with that fucking stupid fucking grin you want to punch his face but then when the shit starts hitting the fan uh, uh, his acting as okay he can cry really well he can he can everybody knows I mean he can run like a motherfucker because he runs in every movie he's in uh, he's very athletic so he can run even though he's five feet tall but um, his legs don't have to move as far with with Dakota Fan the things with him and Dakota Fanning where uh, he is showing like I mean he is just this father and there's his daughter and he's trying to protect her and he's scared to death. I mean he did a good job. I mean he had me a little teary eyed a few times because I was like God if you were in that position and your little girl's right there and you know here's this fucking monster and they're hiding mm-hmm. and crazy Tim Robbins is in there. He was weird in that. Um, he's been sucking too much of that old breast milk. Well, they got divorced or whatever, so they broke up. So he's not even getting that anymore. But I think that Justin Oberholzer, the cinemasochist, is down with the Sarandon's boobies, even though she's about 90. Uh, he's a freak. That um, guy, what's wrong with him? That guy is a freak. Uh, next thing I watched was a little bit of a burden to finish. I, um, I actually bought a uh, shame for my iPad so that I can watch Fassbender's cock and Carrie Mulligan's black bush on her blonde body uh, anytime <laughs> I want. Um, still, it's a good movie. Um, there was one part, and I cannot remember the song. When he comes back to his apartment, and he doesn't know that Sissy is there, and and she's in the shower, and he thinks it's a burglar. Mm-hmm. There's she had put on one of his record albums, and there's a song playing, and I'm telling you what. The song was something like, uh, I Want You to Love Me. It's a really famous, popular song from that yeah, period. Yeah. But it's just, it just left my head. But 
that song was just playing over and over and over when he goes to get the baseball bat or whatever out of the out of the closet and he's walking and it's playing this what what they're saying in the song over and over and over is like it's not I want it, you to I want your love is that the one yes yes yeah. uh, and and I'm thinking okay they played they, that that song was being played for a reason uh, I still think there was incestuous undertones there fuck you Sammy don't you call my partner a hipster prick redneck hillbilly no, I love Sammy he's great even though he had a bad tooth and acted like a surly butt now you know what you know what's surly funny about butthole. that is he didn't I didn't think he acted any different than, than he ever does and he's like I uh, by the way uh, anybody that uh, that were around uh, I just want to let you know I had a uh, bad tooth um it's like, dude, no, you acted fine. Or I don't know if that's good or bad. No, Sammy's great. I love him. Um, we love Sammy. Hipster. Why is that? I don't understand. Why did he attack you like that? I don't know. I mean, that was uncalled a, for. It was, a, it was a term of endearment, maybe. Well, if he was going to attack anybody, it should be me. I like <laughs> to be attacked by Sammy. Oh, oh no, Shane was good. Anyway, and we, Sammy and I disagree on Shane, but that's okay. You know, it's not like you know just because they have a show and they're really popular that their opinions are more uh, you know better than ours. Or <laughs> <laughs> you son of a fucking bitch! Uh, next week on Silver Gold, uh, we're going to be reviewing. Uh, did we decide if we were going to review Cry of a Prostitute next week? Anyway, amazing. <laughs> Journey by the Who, the story, uh, the amazing journey, the story of the Who. I just did a whole bunch of fucking uh, of uh, of uh, trolling right there in like two seconds. Yeah, um, amazing journey, the story of the Who uh, is a very good documentary. Um, I have that on my iPad. I actually bought that and I forgot. So I have a few movies that I actually purchased that I can watch at any time. Nice. Uh, the next one is my um, my Clooney Fest. Uh, Ides of Mar- now I bought both these movies because I thought you know what if if <laughs> if you're gonna buy some fucking movies just to carry around on your iPad it should be movies that you think are really good. That How big is your iPad? <laughs> about like uh, give us give twelve us. by two. <laughs> <laughs> about twelve by eight. Inches. Mine's about a millimeter thinner now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, do you have like a 16 gig iPad? Do you have to download movies again to watch them again, or do you just leave them on there? I, I just, well, it just depends. I mean, like uh, <laughs> my, my right now, huh? I'm gonna just fill up. I, I've tried to put movies on mine. It would just, I mean, I, well, I can only keep a few. It, like uh, if it's Ace Player movies, I can put a shitload of them on there. Um, well, I don't know if I'd say a shitload, but probably at one time, maybe eight or nine. But that depends on the size of the file. Right, right, right. Uh, and and uh, the purchased movies from iTunes, uh, I'm, I think, are maybe better quality than the rented ones. They seem like the rented ones don't take up as much space, I don't think. I don't know. But anyway, um, I, I March. Uh, watched that again. Um, I bought it. Um, and <sighs> Gosling... Uh, Clooney, but uh, you know Philip Seymour Hoffman is fucking just awesome in that, uh, and uh, the other dude, um, whatever his name was. Anyway, uh, uh, the guy that was in the wine drinking movie, the little short, fat, ball headed guy, Giamatti, Paul Giamatti. I think Paul Giamatti and um, to me, Paul Giamatti, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and Gosling. Just that, I mean that movie. I could watch the scenes with those guys. 
over and over and over, and now I can. Uh, next thing I watched was uh, my other Clooney Fest movie, which was Michael Clayton uh, with George Clooney and Tilda. Uh, very good movie. Um, oh, God, what's his name that played the his friend? Tom Wilkinson is fucking awesome. He's a great actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good movie. So that's I bought those two along with Shame because I thought, you know, hey, these are good movies that uh, have good dialogue that I can just watch over and over. I uh, watched uh, Wake of the Red Witch with John Wayne and Gig Young. That's a good name. Gig. Gig. <laughs> that was even before computers. Um, what was the What was the name of that one woman in the movie we saw? Uh, the wrestling, the old wrestling noir. It was like Googie or something like that. Do you remember her? <laughs> yeah, that was Googie or Gookie or something. <laughs> Detroit 9000 is on uh, Wake of the Red Witch is on Netflix is to watch and so is Detroit 9000 and this is a black exploitation movie um, I liked it uh, it's um, mostly centers around um, it's got uh, Alex Rocco I did talk like this like he does in every movie because it's just, <laughs> that's just the way he talks but they try and explain his his stopped up nostrils in this one, uh, <laughs> saying that he's at the doctor. He's a cop, and the doctor's giving him some neosynaphrine or something. That's funny. Because <laughs> <he's, laughs> his nose is plugged up, but that's the way he always died. I like the Rocco. But uh, it's got some good brothers in it. And when I say good brothers, I mean like the brothers are policemen. And then it's got some bad brothers in it, too, because some of <laughs> brothers, like Scatman, Crothers and shit like that, he's a bad guy. And he's got the bald head, but he's got the, the – the, this is before he shaved his head completely. Mm-hmm. So horseshoe hair that goes around. <laughs> like the George Jefferson afro. Yeah. And, uh, and um, there's one scene where this crooked politician guy um, – almost reminded me of Ides of March where they're on the campaign trail and he's real busy and he says uh, yeah, give me a woman up here or whatever and, and there's just this girl it's like a staffer standing there and he goes she'll do get in there and take your clothes off and then she's in there like what the fuck and he starts taking her clothes off and he comes in and he goes get on the bed he said you know I'm, uh, you know some, some guys that are uh, too busy and have to make time he goes I'm one of them brothers and he climbs on top of her and she's like uh, uh, like she's getting into it, and then he just gets up and fucking like, okay, I gotta go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then she must the the guy comes in and gives her his his um uh, um one of his staffers that takes care of him comes in and like counts out some money, cash, mm-hmm. and gets it to her like she's a, like a prostitute, and she goes, I'm warmed up now. If you if you want to, you know, if you want to go too, and he goes, the next uh, the 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 time that I uh, follow a wet or, or jump on a wet deck after George Clooney or whatever the guy's name was. You know that'll be the day. It was just a funny situation. <laughs> Wasn't supposed to be though, but it was okay. And then the, and the last thing I watched, which I it was at the the number three on my list, but I held back because we're going to probably say something about yeah. this. Yeah. What's the movie called? I just always want to say Judge Dread. It's a movie called Dread. And should I say that I saw Dread 3D if I didn't see it in 3D? I just saw Dread. Uh, I it, I see it listed as both. So, I mean, I think it's still, I don't know what it's called. I see Dread and I see Dread 3D. We'll just say Dread because 3D is stupid sounding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw see, this one too. So, um, see it. I know we have at least one listener that's in. Uh, in looking forward to hearing what we have to say about it so 
I saw it. I watched it this week too. And I, I did one of your things where I went to the theater in the middle of the afternoon and it was me and two other people in the theater. It was quite awesome. That's the way it was with me too. Now, I was hoping after the fact that the fact that there was only two people in the theater other than myself wasn't going to be like – because when I went to the theater and I checked online to see if it was playing because mm-hmm. I said, okay, I want to go see this motherfucker. I want to go see it before <laughs> school's out, before a whole bunch of dickheads are in there. Um, not taking into account that it's rated R. Now, if it's rated R, how old do you have to – like 16? 17. 17. Well, still, there could be dickheads. They're college dickheads. You know, drunk well, college. I was 18 in high school, so. And um, so the, it, the the first showing was at like 11.45, but that was a 3D showing. And I was like, I don't really want to go see 3D, but I want to go see it, so I'll go see the 3D. Well, I fell asleep. Then I woke up at like 12.30, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> I, said, I fell asleep, and I went to go see it. <laughs> so the next showing was at 1 o'clock, and the local theater, which is not like – well, I guess they did – upgrade it and everything you know it's it's nicer uh it's only about 15 minutes from my house and i thought okay i'm still in a stupor i'm still i'm when i wake up i'm really grouchy my voice is about 12 octaves lower than it is right now and i'm like i sound like a fucking johnny cash and i almost was i was like fuck it i don't give a shit i feel like shit i'm not going i'm just and then i i I motivated myself yeah Or I said, if I leave right now, even though I have BO and everything, my you know I've been sleeping, so my mouth feels like somebody pooped in it, which they may have. Uh, I jumped in the fucking car and I hightailed it over to the old Tiger Alley Cinema, and um, so I got, I got there and I looked at the signs and it didn't it wasn't even showing that it was showing. And I was like, motherfucker. So Expendables 2 was showing, and I thought, well, if anything, I'll just go see that. I haven't seen that yet. Went in, and it was showing. They yes. didn't billboard the big sign out by the road you know, that says it's playing. Yeah. It didn't even have it on the signs in the window. But it was playing. So that's really good marketing right there. Uh, <laughs> and when I, I went to see it, okay, like the next day or something like that, I got online to see if I wanted to see when the master with uh, Seymour Hoffman is going to be mm-hmm, playing. Mm-hmm. I looked at that same theater and it didn't have dread listed. Weird. And I was like, Jesus Christ, they had it on for two days and they fucking dropped it already. It's probably it's still not, there. It's not going to do very well. It is still there, but the movie, the movie. Now I saw it in 3d, so I'll have a little different thing to add, but continue. Okay, when I went to see this, I had a boner. Everybody knows that I was so excited to go see this because I just thought I watched the trailer over and over and over. You know, I, I went into this not having seen anything. I did not watch the trailer. I, I know about the comics, and that's it. And and let me tell you, reading the comics on my iPad has been awesome, but now I'm reading them on my iPhone. It's not quite the same. <laughs> yeah, it's probably kind of hard. Do you have to continually blow up everything with your fingers to make it? Yes, big- <laughs> I to, I'm constantly pinching and pinching and dragging, and yeah, it's, it sucks. That's the, it also sounds like the dating stuff that I've done. <laughs> and dragging. Um, I thought that uh, right off the bat, uh, it looked great. Mm-hmm. I thought the soundtrack, the music, and everything was really good. I, I just thought the costumes, the city. Everything looked good. Um, if that city, I, I mean, I assume it was, but it, you know, that city being CG looked really fucking good. Yeah, but, you know, you, 
I didn't even think of, you know, looking, you know, of course it's CG because, you know, they have these, in the city, they have these mega fucking towers or whatever. Yeah. Um, I was very hopeful for this movie because it was rated R, and mm-hmm. I thought, okay, if it's rated R, it's going to be bad. They're not going to fucking pussy it up. And they did not. <laughs> uh, there was some stuff in there that, um, uh, there, I liked the fact that it wasn't just dread going around and being a badass. The, the movie pretty much revolved around Judge Anderson, who yeah. was rookie, and he is told, you know, take her out for one day and give her, and you know, show her the ropes, and and then your your evaluation will decide whether she's going to get to be a judge. And so you kind of are experiencing the whole world of Dread and Dread himself through the eyes of Judge Anderson, mm-hmm. who is Olivia Thurlby. And I will say this. I sometimes have a thing for chicks that dye their blonde <laughs> because some of them, it gives them a kind of a trashy look, but she's cute. She's not like like a, a goddamn, you know, I don't know. But she's cute, and she looks innocent. She looks young and innocent and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact that they they kind of got around. Because the thing with the Stallone Dread was the big thing that people were pissed off at is throughout the whole Dread comic book, with the exception of a couple times, he he um, always has his helmet on. And if he took his helmet off, they never showed his face. They would yeah, show yeah. the people's reaction to his face. Um, so Carl Urban... Uh, leaves the helmet on the whole time, which is good because it's just like in wrestling. They say guys that wear masks mm-hmm. uh, can't see the expression on their face, so they have to be able to show charisma uh, in other ways or whatever. The way they like the way Dread kind of holds himself, his posture, and he's very uh, like a like a military guy, mm-hmm. but you can see from his nose or from underneath his, his mouth. Mouth chin, and he, you know, he's like, uh, "Well, you got one now." And he, the way when he grits his teeth, yeah. And sometimes when he has a perp and he's gonna beat the fuck out of something, <laughs> you know, he he shows the expression because all you can see is his mouth, but he kind of gets a mean look, you know, and everything. Yeah, yeah. But around having Anderson have to wear her helmet because judges pretty much are supposed to wear their helmet all the time, and she's a psychic. Yeah, she says that the, the yeah the helmet interrupts her her um, psychic abilities. And so anyway, um, I just uh, generally would just go with the fact that we just didn't take about a twenty minute break. But <laughs> it's not bad that we did because to be to, uh, for full disclosure, which we like to have with our listeners, um, even though it's due to some technical problems. Um, it's a good thing that it did happen because... Uh, you were able to go take care of a physical problem? <laughs> in more ways than one. Uh, not only did I take care of a physical problem, but I tried to take care of it even further as I chugged some uh, pink Pepto-Bismol. Oh, I love As Pepto. I have diarrhea. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what's going on here? Full disclosure. No, um, I, I don't know what's going on. Something's not right. <sighs> it's this bloody fucking dread uh, review. 
Um, it's a good movie. <laughs> 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 Go see it. Yeah. Um, I like the movie. I make no bones about it. Uh, if you know, most people probably could tell because I posted a bazillion pictures on yeah. everything. Um, I like the action in it. I liked the gore and the kind of ultra violence shit. Yeah. Um, I thought Mama was uh, very. <laughs> they took a really pretty woman. And could they have made her look more witchy wow. and more like a hag <laughs> with that I fucking like her. hair? Her name, what is her name? Um, uh, Lena, Lena, Hed- Lena, Lena Hedia. Lena she, um, she was in the Terminator TV show that was on Fox. Yeah. That, and she know, was the queen in uh, 300, which uh, Gerard Butler's okay. woman. She's really good. she was good. beautiful in that. And, and she's fucking, she is just gross in this movie. Yeah, um, and they could have made her, and and... and she wasn't really super over the top because uh, um, she, I mean, she was, but it was kind of understated because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she's supposed to be, she's almost like a damn uh, heroin addict because that slow-mo yeah. is supposed to be, you know, just keep you kind of uh, drugged up and everything. So she kind of plays it that way. Uh, but man, was she fucking, yeah, <laughs> she had that blood shit all over her teeth and her face all packed up. Yeah. I was like, but my, one of my favorite parts with her was when um, Dread was kind of cut off and um, they bring out these great big, like, Gatling guns. <laughs> and at first, she's just kind of, she's like telling them, you know, fire! And they start shooting, and these things are just chewing up everything. And then the next thing you know, she's behind the fucking gun. Just, <laughs> and that was. Yeah, the noises those made were uh, awesome. That was awesome. Uh, now, um, there was a scene in this which fucking surprised me. But then I thought I remembered. I was like, okay, this is rated R, and it's it's shot or shown in a very small way. Um, but uh, Judge Anderson is kind of like interrogating this guy, uh, and she can do it by getting into his head. Well, then he's this fucked up criminal. And at first, well, there was one thing that they they never did show, uh, really, what was in his head, but it just mm-hmm. fucking chilled her to the bone. But one thing they did show that was in her head, and in, in his head that she was seeing, was what he was going to do if he got the upper hand. Right, right. And now, I'm pretty sure, because the way they showed it, that it was probably like a body double, and you really couldn't see that much because it happened really fast, but it was of... Uh, this guy having Judge Anderson like naked and he's going to rape her. And uh, so I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, did I just see that? But I'm, I'm almost 100% positive. It wasn't the, you know, the chick. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the guy that, the guy that played him, uh, Wood Harris, he was in the wire. Um, he played Avon Barksdale in the wire. He's really good too. Was that like, I mean, a, a regular character? Yeah. 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 He was in most of, most of the episodes. So, but, uh, he, he was really good. Um, there is a lot of comparison to this to the raid. Yeah, it's a similar kind of, except they're going, they're, they're going up and, and I mean, well, I guess they go up in both movies too. So. Yeah, they are. Um, they are. It's like a kind of a reverse siege. Well, it's it's sort of a siege movie, but in reverse because mm-hmm. they are in like a, you know stuck in in the bad. It, it, you know, behind the enemy lines, basically, and they're trapped and everything. And uh, just a lot of, of really good shit. Uh, 
I thought there was a point in it. Um, you start out really, really fast uh, and furious with uh, with him showing dread and his everyday shit. Then when he takes her out at first, there's a bit of a lull. But then it really kicks off. And then uh, when when dread is uh, when they are after dread, and he just kind of basically shows that he is okay. He's just a guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just just a guy, but um, you can see where the people in Mega City um, would when they heard when they hear because there's all kinds of judges. There's yeah, you know, yeah. Judge Smith, Judge this, Judge, judge that, but Judge Dread is like the fucking. I mean, I would think that like the criminals would just fear the shit out of him because he, even though he's just a dude, he like the the his, the mission, the law, that's the only thing that matters. And he'll he'll and, fucking risk himself like to just to get it done. Uh, and he is a killing fucking <laughs> motherfucker. So anyway, but uh, you know, I, I figure a lot of our people have either have went to see it by now. If you haven't, I would fucking recommend it. I. Yeah. I think it did. Now they were having a conversation about it on um, maybe Are You Serious or something this morning, saying like with Looper that you know it's not gonna it's it's been reviewed well. It's it's uh, it's a good science fiction movie, and like Judge Dread or like Dread, it will probably it's probably not gonna do well. Right. Now um, for a couple of reasons. Now I think that Dread may have been box office the first. You know, weekend when it came out, it was like number five or number eight or something like that. But you have to take into account, first of all, people that don't know anything about the character, don't know that the Stallone movie was a fucking, you know, <laughs> not what it's going to be. Yeah. They probably have seen that and thought, God, because re-. I heard somebody even say, God, they'll remake anything. They're remaking that shitty movie. So it has that stigma. Then it was rated R. Yeah. So um, you. You don't, get, you don't get the teenage, like the high school kids being able to wander in. And, and I would imagine with the gore, I bet I would be willing to wager that, the, you know, the higher ups at theaters are like, we got to really, we got to be careful with IDs and stuff on this well, one. Had, um, you have a certain, I, I saw this one critic and he said, um, oh shit, he said something really stupid um, that, it just showed a, the fascist, uh, poli- like the, it, this is uh, utopian fascist society where the cops just you know kill everybody. The only reason they went in uh, uh, to this place is because people wanted to you know wanted to get high, and and that's they they go in and kill everybody because just because these people wanted to take this drug that slowed everything down and and they got high. And I'm like, asshole, did you even watch the fucking movie? <laughs> The only reason that him and Anderson went to the place was that somebody fucking killed three people, tortured them, and skinned them, and dropped them off a fucking skyscraper. So that might have been why they went in there. So whoever that fucking critic was, you're a goddamn fucking idiot. (laughs) You you must not even fucking watch this. It's some liberal pussy. Makes me want to puke. Bag. Whatever. I'm sorry. Anyway. (laughs) Not in in that way. But anyway. uh, (laughs) Um. What did we um, – oh, there was something else. Um, oh, well, okay, it's rated R, um, but also you, you're going to have a certain amount of um, 
I'm trying to think of what I was going to say. Go ahead. Think of it no, the um, I saw it in 3D, and if it's worth seeing in 3D, um, the stuff, and you can probably tell when watching it which parts would be 3D. Um, right. It's some really nice use. It, it makes it feel, you know, I will always be of the frame of mind that outside of maybe a few rare exceptions, 3D is still gimmicky and it's still kind of a gimmick here. It doesn't, I don't think it's going to change the overall, like it's, it, it, the movie doesn't need it. Like, you know, I've heard, I've not seen Avatar, but I've heard that's a movie. It's just not the same without 3D because it's not immersive and whatever. This one is just like, there's just some shit where you're like, Oh, um, in particular when someone takes a hit of slow-mo and it, the, the slow-mo, it looks kind of like a, the, the, a tiny little lava lamp on a on a, yeah. a an inhaler, and uh, when they hit it, it's like instant, and like everything is super slow motion, and everything is like the way it's colored, and the you know it's very digital looking. I mean, uh, th- there's no way they could reproduce that in the camera, but everything has sparkles on it, and but in the in these scenes in particular with the 3D. I mean, there were times when I didn't even notice that it was in 3D, as they were like walking through the through the um, the building and such, but in particular these scenes or the scenes where he's shooting someone. But um, it was almost as if you were like surrounded by these the sparkling dust. They did a really good job um, incorporating that sort of thing in there. And the you know, I, it, it just it looked it looked great a lot of the time. Um, I think I heard. Sometimes the 3D gives me a it gives me a little bit of a headache. I find myself like taking the glasses off every once in a while. I don't know what it is, and I've heard other people say the same thing. It's probably just like uh, like uh, when Sammy and them said they went to see Enter the Void and it made him sick. Well, it didn't. I didn't see it on the big screen, but I watched it a couple times. I mm-hmm. never never got that feeling. So it might just be person to person. But uh, I also wear glasses to see. So putting those glasses on Over top gla- of my yeah, glasses, yeah. then you have this weight on your fucking face so but i i never i with uh avengers when i went to see avengers i could really tell most 3d movies you can tell what the 3d stuff is like you'll see something coming towards the lens right. or coming towards the screen this i i w- went and saw it in you know just the regular two dimension and uh i never saw anything like that where i was like okay this must be the 3d part well like so, there was like the part where when dread busts into a room and like a guy gets shot like through the face mm-hmm. and slow, like all you see is a blurry dread and his, the guy, his, the side of his head is almost taking up the whole right side yeah, of the screen yeah. that like the blood is just seriously like in slow motion, like coming out towards you. Um, it was pretty cool. But the, um, the, the cinematographer Vish was saying on, um, outside the cinema, he called in a voicemail about it, but the same cinematographer that did antichrist and you could see a lot of the same, camera technique and you can see a lot of the same color palette and you can see a lot of the same um just uh slow motion technique he did a lot of the same kind of things well you know that's the one thing i never picked up on which i should have is when um uh, dread took the scissors and cut mama's clit off (laughs) it popped right out at you it popped right like i thought i was gonna go right in my mouth future scissors i'll tell you one thing they really they really sold um that everybody feared the shit out of her yeah yeah yeah. you know without i mean they eventually kind of tell you one thing but uh there wasn't anybody that fucked with mama (laughs) no um this was a this was a great movie um 
it is it is comparable to um uh to the raid action wise i guess the raid is better for me personally right. this was a better experience because i didn't get motion sick while i was watching it right but the um you didn't you didn't really have the shaky cam right. shit but the which the, has become so prevalent in action movies the story of this one is a lot more interesting than the raid. I mean, the raid has its, you know, it's fine for what it is, but it's not, you know, you're not leaving talking about the story in that one. This one, it's actually right. like you could see, oh, they could totally make a sequel out of this. The, or, yeah, the raid was more, it's like uh, uh, TNA, uh, total yeah. nonstop action. It, um, now, the, the guy did say, um, well, the one thing that I was going to say about the box office or whatever is uh, another reason why people might not go see it is uh, as readily as, because uh, now, wasn't the first Expendables rated R? Yeah. And Rambo, the last Rambo was rated R. People went to see that, but there's a difference. It was rated R like Dread, but you have to keep in mind, Dread has no big names in it. Carl Urban, you know, he played Bones McCoy <laughs> played Bones, in, yeah. in Star Trek, and he was like a, a pretty main – he's an up-and-coming guy. I think that, that uh, Red and Star Trek have have kind of given him – Put him on a certain level, but he has yet to have something that is his, that is his. Mm-hmm. Now, this movie here could be, you know, something that really propels him. But even if you, even if somebody says that's the guy that played Bones in Star Trek, people that go see this probably still aren't going to know who the fuck he is because he has his helmet off all the time. <laughs> so I think that that's that's a that's another thing where people are going to be like, well, who's in it? They're going to be like, well, Carl Orban and Olivia uh, Thorlby and uh, Lena uh, Headley, whatever. Uh, you know, and they're going to be like, well, I don't know who the hell any of those fucking people are. Yeah, there, there's absolutely zero, not that there was before, but there's absolutely zero reason to go back and visit Sly Stallone's dread now. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, the the um, the guy that did the said that he if, if it does well enough, and I think this is going to be one of those movies that it's it's done okay at the box office, not great. It wasn't like number one or anything, but um, it'll make it its, out on, it'll make its money on on home yeah, video, DVD, and Blu-ray. It'll make it'll it'll definitely make its money back there. Um, but he said that he already has it planned out to do, uh, you know, a trilogy, and the next one would be, you know, kind of like Origins of Dread, and then I can't, he had a really cool story for the third one. So I mean, you know, the plans are there. And the, we'll the, the way the, the way the comic is set up, it's like each story is just like one day, and this dude, right? Like the the timeline of Dread spans over years and years and years. So there's. There's an almost an infinite amount of movies, you know, it seems like they could well, make. And um, the one thing, okay, like Marvel, uh, say they have, they got around the Captain America thing by saying, okay, he was in World War II. Then he fell off the, the fucking thing when um, Zemo blew up the V2 rock or whatever, fell into the ocean, Bucky got killed, blah, 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 blah. So he was frozen in a block of ice. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back mm-hmm. to modern day. So they kind of got around that, but then every other character, like Nick Fury was in World War II, but now he's alive today, and black. Uh, <laughs> but the way they get around that is like, well, he found this infinity formula. And so they kind of box themselves in with the time thing. Like, okay, well, how are we going to say that uh, they were involved in Vietnam? Punisher was in Vietnam, and he's alive today, which means he'd be like 70 years old. And so they, have to, they had to do the reboot and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, with Dread, uh, Judge Dread, uh, from what I understand, um, 
if when they started the character, like the character now, if they put a book out now, the people that actually do dread comics, he has aged that much. Yeah. It, it goes along with the time. So he's an older guy now and he's thinking about retiring or he's got cancer or something like that and he's an old man. So they they haven't boxed themselves in with time until they decide, hey, we can still make movies of money off this. He should be 120, but let's keep it out. Infinity formula. Whatever. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, I was I really liked it. I this would be the kind of movie that I would normally say, man, I'm gonna go and I might go back and see it just to see it in 3D. Yeah, but uh, I will. It's, it's it. worth seeing in 3D, right. and I'll buy this too when it comes out. So, but uh, I guess I should get into what I, else I've been watching. <laughs> yeah. This has gone on a while. Um, I'll, I'll speed through this. Um, let's see. I watched after the show last week. I watched God Bless America on instant. Um, I think we've. I think you've talked about this one before, the Bobcat yeah. Goldthwait movie. Um, it's about three quarters good. I like the first bit of it. The end kind of like peters off for whatever reason. I didn't really like the last, but a movie like that's going to be hard to wrap up without just being totally just fucking just nihilistic about it. You know, um, there had to be some kind of what's that? Nothing. <laughs> there had to be there had to be some kind of like big end. I said, you know. do you think you, do you think he should have fucked her? Oh, <laughs> yes. I mean, what the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it was it was pretty good. I liked it. Um, I watched the movie uh, Goats with uh, with my wife. This is a this was her choice. I, this is not one I would have ever picked, but it was all right. I mean, it was um, it's a, an independent movie. I don't even know if it made it to theaters or anything. Um, this is uh, Vera Farmiga and uh, David Duchovny's in it, and David Duchovny plays this like hippie guy, goat man. And it's really just a coming of age story with this young kid who he lives with his crazy mom Vera Farmiga, and then uh, the guy that plays the dad on um, Modern Family is his dad that lives on the other coast, and he's going off to private school, and you know, just kind of him who's like the, figure. Who's what's the that? Main actor? Who's the main actor? It's a kid. His name is. Uh, oh, I thought you. I thought. It, I thought you were saying that that Vera Farmiga was. Uh, David Duchovny's mother, and I was like, "What the no, fuck?" No, no, she he he just like hangs out at her house. She's a she's a trust fund, like, but like real spiritual and everything. She just she doesn't work. She just hangs around. And this kid has grown up in that you know in her house. And uh, David Duchovny has this giant fucking beard and long hair, and he just grows pot in the backyard. He's kind of her gardener, I guess, and she calls him Javier, even though he's Irish. But um, fucking Spaniard. And he like goes he goes with uh, he goes out on these like goat treks he'll just follow his goats around in the wilderness for a few days and he's almost raised this kid by himself so they're they're kind of close and but then he goes off to private school like his dad did and his dad is is um kind of he's a you know he's owned a business he lives in dc and all this stuff and so it's kind of him juggling the two back and forth at this point it's all right it's not great should should he have fucked him yes Yes. Um, <laughs> what about uh, Judge Dredd and Judge Anderson? <laughs> definitely. Um, well, what I, uh, I don't want to get back to the Dredd thing, but uh, what I understand about that book is uh, he doesn't like her very much, even throughout the comic. And not oh, really? really. <laughs> I, I was like, they they always said, uh, one thing I read over and over and over, whether it was reviews or people talking about Dredd, is the thing about the Dredd character is uh, he never learns and he never changes. That's true. What everybody says he never learns, he never changes. It's like I don't know if that's a good thing. Is that he's, a good he's thing? He's pretty one-dimensional, but I mean, yeah. that he. 
you know, I read the I read the story America, which happened, which was written in like 1990 or so, mm-hmm. um, where it's he's pretty much the same character, but he's hardly in the story at all. All he is mm-hmm. at that point seemed like a force. Like yeah. he's there, but it's really the story of two other people living. Well, that's in the what place they were kind of saying that that his character is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. Is he's just like a force of nature, yeah, yeah. and that you know Stallone was Stallone. Yeah, yeah. Um, I watched. I finished off the Ken Burns baseball. I watched the seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth innings <laughs> this past week. Um, that's another what four extra innings, six, eight, ten hours of Ken Burns, Ken Burns baseball this week. Um, this covers the uh, '60s through present day. Well, present day through 2010. Mm. So um, you got to actually see the coverage of the Red Sox winning the World Series, which is always fun for me. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Um, I got diarrhea. The uh, and the um, and then I watched. Uh, there's a thirty for thirty, um, four days in October on instant. It's again about the Red Sox winning that World Series in '04, um, co- told from their Yay! perspective. And you know, I mean, this is a story I knew already, so it was kind of neat hearing like Dave Robinson talk. Uh, Dave, Dave Robinson, Dave. Uh, what about winning with the Spurs? What's that? Dave Robinson winning with Spurs. <laughs> yes, the Admiral David Robinson, um, stealing uh, stealing second base, and you know Kevin Millar was just a huge like influence on that team. Even though he was never a great player, but awesome awesome guy. And you know they had they had current day interviews with those guys and everything, so it was pretty cool. Pedro Martinez and stuff. So that one was pretty good if you were a Red Sox fan anyway. And uh, I did a miniature. Mickey Rourke, uh, <laughs> Mickey Rourke uh, fest myself, and I watched Barfly, uh, oh. one I'd never seen. This is um, this on YouTube. Uh, the kind of a, this is a Charles Bukowski autobiographical story. I don't know how much of this actually happened to him. Um, by reading his literature, I would say it probably wasn't too far from the truth. Probably all of them. The uh, Faye Dunaway's in it, and she looks pretty busted in the movie, but shows off her awesome legs a couple times because um, she's uh, drunk along with him. And uh, great, great performance by Rourke. I think there's a reason why um, why Bukowski didn't write a lot of like novel length stuff. Like it seems like long stories by him. Like, it kind of lost steam by the end. He's I think he's better in short stories and poetry for some yeah. reason. Um, and well, it kind of comes to this. It just seems like if you've watched Barfly and then you watch Factotum mm-hmm. with uh, where Matt Dillon plays as you know, Lily Taylor, um, it seems like it's more uh, just short stories put together. Yeah, and you'll always see stuff in that that what also was in Barfly. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that was it. So uh, we're going long. So let's take a break. <laughs> Good. Okay, I was going to we fill it, finish it off. So I was going to, I was going to take a break. What? What? Let's take a break, and we'll come back and review <laughs> Choir Boys. We'll be right back. Yeah, we need, to, we need to roll. <laughs> yeah, we'll be right back. Yesterday, during the preparation of those putrid little twins I captured, I tuned into entrails from the skeleton closet. God damn it! I was hoping to catch the newest episode before tonight's feast. Matt and Mike are the shit when it comes to odious cinema. Well, that's what I've been trying to tell you. 
I became so enthralled in the show that I negligently dismissed both children as being dead. After dissecting and boiling the boy, I realized that the girl had escaped the house and taken to the forest. How could you be so reckless, you old fool? Check out Entrails from the Skeleton Closet for reviews and discussions on genre-specific exploitation, horror, television, and general cult cinema. It just might save your life. But your brother's totally fucked. You know, we could pickle that little boy and save him for the solstice. Ooh, yummy. Second film of the day, Choir Boys from 1977. Um, so I'm gonna let you. I'll let you introduce it. Choir Boys. Choir Boys. Choir Boys. A group of Los Angeles cops decide to take off on some. A group of Los Angeles cops to take off. On, what? A group of Los Angeles cops decide to take off. Some, Some of the pressures <laughs> of their jobs by engaging in various forms of after-hours debauchery. After-hours debauchery. It happens. My brain didn't work. And uh, I'm just going to apologize today. Skype is just being a pain in our ass, so it <laughs> sounds like shit. Uh, well, you know. I have the shits. He has the shit, so. sound like shit. We're working through it. It's best we can. I have the shits. It's not really working. Whatever, this is, you know, it's, this is just a third-rate this is third-rate Podcast. podcasting. This is uh, this movie is directed by Robert Aldrich. Um, some of our listeners have probably heard of some of his movies. You know, whatever happened to Baby Jane and uh, The Longest Yard and uh, Man, Dirty... that was great when uh, Bobby Boucher was in The Longest Yard and The Dirty Dozen. That's a good movie. That's a good movie. Well, um, well yeah, <laughs> hey, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Had you seen? Have you seen Choir Boys before? To, before we yes. watched it, okay, okay. So um, this one, I guess, an easy way to describe this would be kind of a meaner spirited. Yeah, it would be a meaner spirited <laughs> police academy. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's a good description. It takes it takes a while to get to <laughs> the story, and then the story is just kind of like, oh, that's that's it, huh? Okay, you know the um, it, it you know it's it started off it started off promising. Now I know that some of the critiques of this movie back when it came out in in um, seventy seven were that it was crude and crass and mean and all that stuff. Um, that's actually what was entertaining about it at first to me. Um, you know, like the the one they're totally awful to this one uh, female cop on the force. Uh, 
Hadley is her name, and she has a brother on the force they call Balls Hadley, and they call her No Balls Hadley, which I got a good laugh out of. But which one was Ball? Was Balls Hadley? Did they ever show him? I don't think they ever showed him. Okay, because I was going to say I didn't. I thought maybe he was one of the ones that I was watching just didn't see it. And no to, balls. And to give you another idea of, of uh, how this movie went, the the guy that wrote the novel that it's based on helped write this movie. Um, when it came out, after he saw it, he sued to have his name taken off the movie. So, <laughs> yeah, I can see why. <laughs> I'm curious what the book is like. So, well, the book is supposed to. Everybody that I have read reviews of and everything um, say the book is just fantastic. Okay. And the guy has made. I mean, he did some really. It's uh, Joseph uh, Wamba. Uh, he he actually did some really good stuff, including uh, the, the the as novels and as a movie. Uh, the New Centurions, which was George C. Scott and oh, I forgot Stacy Keith. Be careful uh, of that. That movie is really good. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> but that's a really good cue. Oh my god! <laughs> the Blue Knight, which was a um, uh, oh my god, which was, uh, uh, William Holden. It was also a cop movie, like a cop on the beat movie, uh, and became a TV show with George Kennedy. Um, then he did the Onion Field, which um, was like James Woods' big first big movie that he was just awesome in. Uh, uh, then um, also that might have been it. But I mean, he's really known for being, you know, his stuff being because he was an actual cop in Los Angeles for like 14 years. Oh wow! And his books were, you know, I don't know if they were bestsellers, but they were really well received and everything. Yeah. And then this movie, the people that have read the book pretty much just shit all over this movie and almost disown it and say it was a disgrace and that they should hopefully that like right now modern day that they could take that book and make it into a, a, a movie that was based on the book that's done in a that works know, a little good ad- adaptation so this has a this had sorry this has, I, was try, I was trying to burp and talk at the same time this ha, this has a you know looking at the cast you're like oh this is gonna be yeah really gonna good be cast. solid i mean um, I didn't mention him last week when we were talking about James Woods is in it. Mm-hmm. He wasn't, this must have been pretty early on for him. So he wasn't like on the poster and, you know, listed like, uh, you know, the main, one of the main guys on the poster. Burt Young's in it, as we mentioned already. I mean, Randy Quaid, uh, Louis Gossett Jr., who, who's pretty funny in the movie, and Charles Durning <laughs> plays Sperm Whale. Uh, what a fucking Sperm name. Whale. Um, <laughs> Sperm but, Whale Whalen. <laughs> His actual last name was Waylon. So. Oh, Waylon. There you go. Yeah, but fucking like Randy Quaid in half the movie, he's got this gross-looking vomit on his face. <laughs> oh, at one point, I thought it was poop for some reason. <laughs> it almost looks like baby poop Ugh. or uh, chili dog sauce. And he rubs it on sperm whale, sperm whale's face at one point, and sperm whale looked like he was going to fucking haul off and hit him right in the nose. But um, these guys... Um, and it could be it was entertaining at first basically what they do these guys have they're they're night they're night cops they they have the night beat and you know they come in and they're kind of yelled at by their lieutenant constantly and um they're just kind of going through the grind and to and it's in LA if it wasn't well it doesn't actually say that in the movie it says California mm-hmm. um and the side of their cops car say metropolitan police but um yeah. You could tell us, but I mean, what is it? Fucking, you know, it's not San Francisco or whatever. It's too flat and you know, palm trees and shit. But the, um, oh, and Gossett has a fucking LA Rams jersey on this, or yeah. shirt on that's awesome, this glittery LA Rams <laughs> t shirt. Um, 
and some of the stuff they do, you know, it's it's pretty entertaining. You know, like uh, the one guy, the uh, Tanaguchi, um, the I guess the token Asian man, because you have the token black guy and Louis, Louis Gossett Jr. and the token Asian cop in uh, Tanaguchi, <laughs> like the um, Cinderella Pooh <laughs> uh, the Sylvan Gold podcast, our, our token Asian co-host, token Asian co-host. The um, you know he. He he does the vampire thing a few times, which is pretty funny. Like creeping through the 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 locker room, and everybody's playing along with him, like hiding in their locker. Stay away from me! He's got these stupid looking plastic teeth in that wouldn't even fit a kid. Um, and they, I like that when they throw the cross on his dick, and he's just like ah. <laughs> but that's for the first three quarters of the movie. That's really all it is. So basically, these guys are kind of beat down by their job, and they meet up. I mean, they're, you know, they kind of horseplay and stuff. They play pranks on each other, but they meet up sometimes and have what they call choir practice. And it's kind of a way to blow off steam where they just fucking get shit faced in a park. It's like horror hound. It's like horror hound. They're throwing yeah. up and, and, uh, getting, uh, putting ducks in each other's pants and shit. And it was a lot like horror hound. <laughs> the, yeah. The one fucking asshole. The, <laughs> um, <laughs> what was his anyway, name? Uh, <laughs> Roscoe rules. Yeah. He, oh, that, I thought you were going to say the real name. Oh, the, um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> uh, about Hadley. I actually wrote no balls or no ass. <laughs> nice rack though. Um, yeah, she went she, she she had like that seventies kind of bathing suit on, you know, and the sperm whale. No, it was that young guy. There was the young guy that creeped in the room, and, or sperm whale, like or sperm harassed whale her in the, was in the pool, swimming around trying to bite her ass or something. The and pool. then she goes inside to like change, and for some reason takes her bottom off only and sits on a glass table of all things. And then this dude that looked like Flounder from, <laughs> from yeah, uh, what was the, what was the movie he was in that we did with Chuck with Chuck Norris? What was the name of that one? <laughs> Um, Silent Rage. Silent Rage. He was in that too. Yeah. But that guy comes crawling in and just hides under the table and mushes his face up against her. Probably his lips probably looked like hers on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> that guy was only in like one movie. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Or no, well, two. Whatever. Who cares? He, this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, like when we were talking about her sitting on the glass table and the guy biting her ass and all stuff and like that. It, none of this is really that. It's It's... It, it, I can see like when you're when you're saying it, I'm like, man, you know, if you if I hadn't seen this movie, yeah, I'd be like, yeah. man, this must be fucking, you know, pretty raunchy and funny and everything. But even though all this stuff, you chuckle more than laugh at most of the stuff. I, a lot of it, I wasn't even chuckling because it just seemed to me like, um, oh, wait a minute, no, oh, okay, now. Uh, uh, <laughs> a lot of the st- some of the things that we do in this show on a weekly basis, um, I need to think before I do them. Uh, <laughs> the, um, <laughs> but a lot of the, uh, the st- it just seemed like um, they were trying guys, to be shocking they, or something. They were trying to be shocking and that they really weren't. It wasn't like spontaneous. It wasn't like they were really doing this stuff and being funny. It was like almost like a, a, uh, I don't know. To me, it was almost like they took like a, a, a TV sitcom from the seventies, mm-hmm. but made it a little bit raunchy and, and try. But it, it was they were just trying too hard to be shocking and too hard it's, to be funny, and the guys weren't. It wasn't. Like getting over the the it's kind of set up like an Animal House would be. Speaking of Flounder, um, you know Animal House 
kind of has a, a background story. Fortunately for Animal House, what? It was more like Porky's. Yeah, where it's just <laughs> it's just scene after scene. Because Animal House was funny. <laughs> yeah, Animal House is funny. The um, <laughs> I wrote down the line: "You don't seem to be a Negro. You must be Samoan." <laughs> <laughs> now that, that was not a chuckle. I always get a good chuckle out of some uh, race stuff. Poor, poor, poor girl. You know, you know when she read that line, she's like, "Really? I got to sit here and let this old fucker like act like he's banging me and say this in my head, in my ear." Yeah. Um, the a, uh, he play, always plays a good jerk. Now, who was the chick that played Foxy Farrell or Foxy Farrell? Was that the uh, uh, Perry Perry uh, King's girlfriend? That yeah. Was, Dancer or whatever. Oh, she was hot. God, she was. Who? I, don't, I, I cannot find her name in the. Right. Jesus Christ! What a rack on her. But he's just fucking. I was like, whoo, god damn. Oh, there uh, she is, Phyllis Davis. We'll put, we'll post some pictures of Phyllis Davis on. Uh, it's made my fucking left ball hurt. Oh, just. she was in Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Wow. You know she, sh- Russ Myers. You know she shows the goods in that one. Um. I'll be so disappointed if I watch that now and she didn't The, um, you know, again, it's like she's the blue oyster scenes of the, of police Academy movies. They, you know, they go in and to be shocking or funny or whatever there. And you think in a, in a movie with more balls, they would have had the one, the, the cop that has the, the quote unquote problem. They would have had him be gay or something instead of what his actual problem yeah. is. Um, yeah, that that was just kind of like they're like, oh my god, like they were so shocked. Now maybe we're so jaded these days. Yeah, but I wouldn't if I would have walked into a horror hound like in the the fucking hotel, and you would have been having that done. I'd have been like, fuck, man, more power to you. <laughs> yeah. Where'd you get those lines on your back? The oh, um, that bitch is hot. I feel really bad for the ducks in this movie. <laughs> and it's got to be just more than the the actual like uh, African Americans. <laughs> the, the, the rest of them. To the ducks. I mean, god damn. I mean, there Roscoe was, was a real fucking. Yeah, that guy Roscoe was a piece of shit. And then the guy, what is his name? But he, 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 he was. was very, I think that that I think Roscoe. I think that even though he was a real piece of shit, he, that was like, I could see that being like a real, a true character. You know, like somebody. Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I mean, he was a racist dick. Well, yeah, yeah, and he. I mean. And, oh, he's homophobic, you know, big, I mean, that comes into one scene, which I actually kind of liked that scene when he's, now, is that guy's name Ben Young, the the one that was on Alice? Who, what is his name? The, he was, he played Mel on Alice. Oh, yeah, Mel Sharples, that was uh, Vic Tabak. Okay, Vic, okay. I don't know who Ben Young, I just saw a vice officer, I couldn't remember his name. Um, He plays a vice guy that kind of plays a prank on Roscoe and, but ends up getting into like this really bad fight over it. But he, you know, he just you know pretends like he's gay coming on to him, and he he was actually pretty funny like dancing around like that. Um, but you know, I, I I did notice that uh, when they chained Roscoe to that tree as a joke that you could he was wearing a fucking string thong like you could see. Oh, I didn't see that. That, that <laughs> did you actually saying that for some reason disappoints me. <laughs> I, was, I thought I thought we were going to see balls or something, but it, he he kicks his leg up a couple times, and you could fucking see the little black string around oh, his waist. Could they have got? I mean, Jesus Christ! Okay, now I know that we we freaking whatever. I don't even know what I'm going to say, but uh, <laughs> the 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 stereotypical gay guy that comes when oh my god, the could that that was just fucking 
It's so stupid. I mean, it's like, Jesus Christ. Why didn't they just get Charles Nelson Riley and put fucking uh, fairy feathers on his back or something? I was like, Jesus Christ. Oh my, he has a pink, po- like a, a dyed pink poodle. He's wearing a fucking, like, a, a, an ascot. Rainbow ascot. And, and, and uh, let me say, I've no no I've known no gay men in my life that would find Roscoe attractive, but this guy he of did course have a nice bubble butt. <laughs> Maybe that's all he saw. No, he couldn't have seen it because it came from the front. Well, you still say gay man. So well, the he uh, you know the the gay man comes up on him in the in the in the park and he's like, oh my god, it's like my prayers have been answered. A, a naked <laughs> man in the park. I'm like, really, really. He couldn't even. Like, it, it like, couldn't have even been it, fucking. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Perry King Baxter. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you see if you if you're gay and you saw if you came well, walking through a park you saw a, a man chained to a tree with his pants pulled down you would automatically turn into a rapist. <laughs> yeah. Turn into Jason Statham. Uh, yeah. Exactly. The. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. The. I'm running out of things to say. The, <laughs> you don't look big enough to fight, fuck, or win a foot race. Uh, I don't remember who said that. Uh, it didn't work for them either. <laughs> the, uh, where are my cricket sounds when I need them? A cree. My um, my my highlight of the movie was Burt Young, even though the, his like one serious scene was kind of stupid. He's like, so how long have you had this problem? Like, why is it a problem? But. You know, he was pretty awesome in the movie. His hat was fucking awesome. He was just his fucking fat belly hanging out of his his too small shirt. He was pretty cool in it. Uh, You know, this is not worth seeing over Burt Young because he kind of, whenever he plays a nice guy, it's usually this character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, um, uh, and I did, I wrote down this line, try amusing yourself by betting quarters if the next guy in the John is Helmet or Anteater. (laughs) Um... I don't know. When we get to the last quarter of the film, I guess, this when the story kind of starts where the the quote-unquote double feature of moral support in the shady situation, that's when you get the guys actually sticking up for each other because, um, you know, something goes down where they have to kind of hide some evidence or whatnot. And it's like, they, it, it, by that time, it felt kind of shoehorned in because I had just yeah. spent, this movie's fucking two hours long. I had just spent an hour and 30 minutes watching just kind of random stuff that was kind of eh, funny. And I don't know. Yeah. It, a lot of it just didn't work all that great. Um, I was getting ready to say something. I lost it. Let's hear what yes, you have to say. About it. All right. Well, if Skype holds up, <laughs> um, there were some funny, I wouldn't, what year was this motherfucker? 77. Okay, well, yeah, so, you know, the fashion in this uh, is pretty much 77. I remember mm-hmm. uh, you see a lot of uh, cut-off jean shorts that are cut off for guys uh, that are cut off kind of short, um, which back in the day, you know, we did not, uh, like, if you went swimming, 90% of the time the guys had cut-off jean shorts on instead of just regular swim trunks. Uh, so we had a party, you see some lots of tube socks uh, that are pulled up to the <laughs> knees with the stripes and like cut-off jean shorts. It's a uh, very hipster outfit. Yeah, well, there was some hipster stuff in this, but it wasn't hipster then. It was just the way it was. Yeah. Um, let's see. Now, that, that was a pretty goddamn strong glass coffee table. Yeah, I, I would not sit on a glass coffee table. My, I have well, a glass top coffee table, but my... On mine, the glass sits on a plank of wood. It's not even yeah. like, and I would still be scared to sit on. 
Well, that wasn't like that wasn't like her house. So, I mean, I could see if she's like, okay, well, this is my house, this is my bedroom, so I know this coffee table uh, that looks glass is plexiglass. But she just goes over and plops, and sits down on it. And I'm like, god damn, you know, I, I just, whatever. <laughs> uh, that was no balls. Um, no balls. What did I write down? The chi- oh, the chicken. Apparently, the chicken is when you put somebody in a sleeper hold, and when they pass out and you and you let them lay on the ground, they flop around and convulse. They talked about the chicken. Uh, <laughs> Roscoe talked about putting people in the chicken. Oh yeah, that's uh, what so I was going to say. I actually, I was actually rooting for the people, the the black guy and the Mexican guy in the oh, apartment yeah. building <laughs> to beat their ass. And that uh, was the um, big sweaties. That was Foxy. Uh, oh my god she's telling off those giant bombs of hers yes I can you believe there was down. no nudity in this movie yeah it's bad it's just that but that that's typical because this movie sucked dick <laughs> um, um i wrote actually wrote down fuck a duck because there were several <laughs> duck things where they would put breadcrumbs on a guy's pecker when he was sleeping or when he was passed out and yeah the duck i felt sorry for that duck yeah obviously had his fucking head stuck in the guy's zipper and he's yeah. trying to pull himself out it looks sad that redneck zipper um uh, oh uh, roscoe had a uh, now back in the 70s like now you can just get t-shirts you know anytime pretty much order them that have stuff on them. You used to go to the mall and have T-shirts made and have stuff written on them. And uh, Roscoe had a shirt. It, it was basically a um, a uh, what do you call it? Uh, like I don't know. Like it was like a thermal underwear uh, shirt. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it said "pull pull that train" on the front of it, <laughs> and that has you know pull the train that means like where a girl is getting gang banged um so he had that on um that's 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 from from my time so some people might not know what pulling a train means <laughs> uh stir fudge is something they said i guess that meant something about getting fucked up the ass uh burt young play his character's name was scooze scooze <laughs> yeah or scooze yeah. like excuse me like uh sergeant and he'd be like don't call me Sergeant. Call me Scoos. And uh, he was definitely a hipster, even though, like I said, that wasn't hipster. If he was wearing what he was wearing now, his name wouldn't have been Scoos. It would have been Loaf. Uh, <laughs> I was like, you put a fucking mustache on this guy. Goddamn, he looks like me. His laugh was well, the best part of the movie for me. <laughs> <laughs> Go get me an ice cream bar. He always had a fucking stub of a cigar that was not lit and he would just chew on it and then he would pour, pour out some like bourbon <coughs> put it in a glass and dip the end of it into the into the bourbon and then chew on it um let's see uh well we got a star star wars reference somebody said may the force be with you for some reason i can't remember oh, this why. Is like, yeah this is like a year after star wars came out so. yeah um fucking <laughs> <laughs> roscoe though okay now uh, Roscoe was racist and homophobic, but like the one guy said, uh, Louis Gossett told him, he said, you know, uh, you know, I like you, Roscoe, because you hate everybody. I mean, he just hated everybody. But he said, he called somebody bubble butt. He goes, how do you like that bubble butt? <laughs> uh, to, to somebody, to another man. Um, when Don Stroud went home after like they, they, okay, he's supposed to be out like uh, working. All night, and his wife's at home. She's sleeping, so he's like, uh, on the night shift. He comes home in the morning, 
And I guess he wanted to fuck her. So he's like making so much noise in the bathroom. Trying to wake like, her up. Yeah, flushing the toilet and trying to wake her up. And then uh, <laughs> one funny thing there. Now, this is the way the movie, the movie goes. They have all this stuff that's supposed to be so outrageous and so funny. But uh, I didn't think that shit was funny. But little things like this I thought was funny. When he, he, he came home in the morning after he'd been out just partying and drunk and everything all night. And he's brushing his teeth. He's uh, putting on a bunch of aqua velva. And he just balked. On and he looks at himself in the mirror and then he takes both hands and goes, uh, now you won't be able to see this but you might be able to hear it and he's looking in the mirror and he goes like this and like pats his gut <laughs> yeah <laughs> the Kamala slap yeah you want to you just like you know hold your stomach in and tighten it up and then so he did that and then when he got in bed she didn't want nothing nothing to do with him um, let's see oh now the Mexican guy in they, they they come to Roscoe and Randy Quaid come to uh, there's a domestic disturbance in this like tenement building and it's just, uh, a bunch of African American people and then a bunch of uh, Hispanic people and they're they're arguing the two guys are the, the two main guys that are like the alpha males of the group are fighting yeah. well the one guy the Mexican guy was actually Cap who was took the Minnesota Vikings. So he was a quarterback for the Minnesota oh. Vikings, uh, and took this to the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl three. They got beat by the Chiefs, uh, but he's <laughs> he's a uh, actually a, a, a Mexican descent, and he went on to coach. Um, Jesus Christ! Oh my God! Who did he fucking coach? High school uh, football. Uh, there's a there's a famous scene. Or a famous play where they do a lot of um, it, it's the very last play of the game, and the guys are, you know, get the kickoff and run back, and then they're throwing the ball to each other like a million times, and they finally score. He was the coach of that team. Mm. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but that was Joe Cat. And um, now I don't know. Um, I don't think that that. Um, you could rip somebody's mustache off like that. No, 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 no. no. But it was funny. That there, was kind there of funny. There would be blood if you ripped yeah. somebody's mustache off. I mean, off. like, all, the whole half of it would come off. <laughs> rip some hair out. Uh, <laughs> S&M stuff, I thought, was, like you said, uh, even when I first saw this a long time ago, I was like, you know. But, but the, I say one thing. I guess it, back then, maybe because they weren't as exposed to some of the stuff that they would yeah, do. You know? we hadn't hit the 80s sex comedies and, yet. And he so. was, like, bleeding. I mean, he did have these very big, huge uh, welts on his back. But the one thing about that was I think that um, kind of adds to it, if you think about it, it was more that he was, like, on drugs. Because yeah. when he went to see her the first time at the strip joint, she pretty much – he was, like, almost like a cuckold – boyfriend where you know she just fucked with him saying that you know she fucked this guy and he was like oh you fucking and then she gives him like downers and he's like so he's he's on drugs and then i think when he went when when uh, stroud um finds him and he's all chained up and everything and and you know he was i think it wasn't said specifically but i think that he was very fucked up because he just acted really weird too yeah, yeah. um and i think james woods wanted to fuck foxy before you know he was like oh my god his fucking his scene gum. his fucking scene with the the hookers with the hookers was painful that wasn't oh. yeah it was just it was really like i said it was it was almost like uh like uh, uh you shut up you fucker <laughs> you're like be alive 
But no, the, the, it, I, I, it, you're exactly right. It was almost like they had a TV show that was called Love American Style, uh, which was kind of like Love Boat, but they showed scenes of different people going on dates, and it was yeah, like yeah. and zoos. And that, you kind of got that feel for it. Like it was almost directed by a 1970s, early 70s uh, TV uh, producer or director or whatever that would do like mod or something. Right. But I, I do I do think that it really had like a, that flavor of like back when when we were kids and we were only like you know maybe like in junior high or something like that and we saw porkies and <laughs> right. like oh my god that was so fucking funny. They did this and the guy stuck his dick through the wall and the and the the ugly fat ass uh uh, gym teacher grabbed his dick and was pulling on it, and you thought, "Oh my god!" And now, if you watch it, you'd be like, oh, "This isn't even funny." Yeah. It was just—it was shocking because you hadn't seen anything like that back then. And I think that back when this came out, they, the attitude was sort of the same. If this would have been shown in um, the early '70s, people probably would have been—you know—I don't know. I just don't. I think even back then, I don't think it did really well. And like you said, it does have a really good cast. Yeah, I mean. I, if they did a better job um, m- not making everyone a drunk asshole, I would have cared more about the end of the movie, too. <laughs> yeah, they, they just – I, I didn't uh, – even though like Don Stroud and uh, Durning, Louis Gossett and all of them are good actors, I didn't get the feeling e- – okay, either I didn't get the feeling that they were really drunk and doing all this shit, or how about this? Um, it's like when someone says, oh, my God, you should have went out. Um, so-and-so got so drunk, and they did this, and they did that, and it was so funny. Well, if you go out and you're drunk too, then that shit does seem funny. But like I don't drink, so when I'm standing <laughs> and I'm really sober and, every, and people are drunk and acting really obnoxious, you're just kind of like, this isn't really that fucking funny. You know, you're, you're just – a fucking goof. So that's kind of like the way this movie was for me. You know, that maybe if I would have been there drunk and they stuck a uh, fucking crackers up to the end of some guy's urethra, duck on it, I thought it was funny. No, like I said, me saying that, even me saying that, I'm thinking, man, that fucking sounds funny as shit. But in the movie, it was not funny. No. They just didn't, you know, I don't know. They should have got more comedians maybe to be in it. Maybe Burt Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, he could <laughs> laugh uh, fest with uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that would have been awesome. Um, let's just get into our ratings. Um, F <laughs> F. I didn't I didn't enjoy this really much at all. Um, there was a few parts that were okay for me. Still, it was a kind of a below average experience. Um, I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a three point five. This is this is probably the second or third time I've seen this, and I have always thought every time, even even every time this time when I watched, it, I thought you know oh, I kind of remember you know but it's never good. Uh, <laughs> it's just like the 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 dominatrix you keep going back to. She just hurts you every time, but you keep going back. I, I like the I like the scoos part, and I like the part where he talks to the the gay guy. I thought that that. That was kind of a, um, you know, you have this movie that has all this homophobia in it, and people just uh, not only from the characters being homophobic, but from the filmmakers making this gay guy like you know this yeah. 
flamboyant, stereotypical gay guy. But then you have this moment in the movie where this hairy, uh, uh, fat, you know, uh, dude has this moment with this gay kid, and uh, actually kind of says, you know, dude, get the, f- you're never going to do this again. Okay, get out of here. And he actually sets it up so Vic Tavak is. The arresting officer has to go do something so he can let the guy go. <laughs> Get the ice cream bars. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, then they cut, well, whatever. But, I mean, this movie, I'd give it a 2.5. 2.5. <laughs> right. It just wasn't good. It just missed. The, the people that made it just missed. And I think that, um, like I said, I think that if they would have, have had at least a handful of guys that were comedians, yeah, they could have made it for they they had would have the more of the timing. Like I said, Animal House. You had Belushi. I mean, even uh, fucking um, uh, not Tim Robbins, uh, Tim Matheson. They had that Tim, uh, Tom Hulse, Flounder, and all those guys. You had guys that that they had some comedic time. In, or you had you Steve know? Gutenberg and Bubba Smith and Michael <laughs> yeah. Winslow. Uh, that honest to God, it, this was this was just like you said. It was kind of a raunchy version of Police Academy. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, watch, I'll just watch Police Academy next time. All right, let's take a break and come back and review Pope of Greenwich Village. It's your pick. <laughs> this was my pick. I'm sorry. I'll be, we'll be right back. Yeah. Okay, and welcome back to another episode of Guess That Riff. With me on the show tonight, my first contestant is Mr. Fred Nurk. Fred, are you ready to guess that riff? I sure am. Okay, here's riff number one. Ah, that's It's a Long Way to the Top by ACDC. Fantastic, Fred. Okay, here's riff number two. Hmm, that one is Eagle Rock by Daddy Cool. Fantastic, you're doing great, Fred. Now, this one's a tricky one. Guess riff number three. That one is I Walk the Line by Johnny Cash. Fantastic, Fred. How did you know all those riffs? Well, I listened to Love That Album podcast. That's fantastic. Really? Uh, no. That's what you told me to say, Dad. Max, shh. I told you never to call me Dad during the promo. Go to lovethatalbum.blogspot.com or type in Love That Album, all one word, into iTunes. Listen to Love That Album. It might turn you into a rock geek. Or you might just con your son into making pitiful promos for your podcast. They just love to learn and another child grows up to be somebody you just love to burn. Mom loves the both of them. You see it's in the blood. <clears throat> My wife just brought me in a uh, McDonald's uh, mocha something or other. It's very delicious. And I peeled off the Monopoly things on the side, and I won a quarter pounder with cheese. 
You know what would have been really great is if you would have said, I won a new iPad. <laughs> God, I wish. Yeah. And I also got Park Place. All I need now is Boardwalk to win $1 million. Well, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best cup ever. It's going to be so awesome when that happens. <laughs> yeah. Tony, I think there's like 8 million Park Places and only one Boardwalk in the United States. So. Our next film of the day, The Pope of Greenwich Village. This is directed by Stuart Rosenberg from 1984, starring Eric Roberts and Mickey Rourke and Daryl Hannah and Geraldine Page and Eric Roberts' afro. Starring Eric Roberts' afro. (laughs) Nice. Charlie and his troublesome cousin, Paulie, decide to steal $150,000 in order to back a sure thing racehorse that Polly has inside information on. The aftermath of the robbery gets them into serious trouble with the local mafia boss and the corrupt New York City Police Department. That's pretty good, pretty good. So, Zom. Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. Let's hear what, what you had to think about this movie. Well, you know, uh, it's a pretty good movie. Um, it's, this is a, 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 a old favorite of mine, and, and for me to actually say an old favorite is kind of weird because it doesn't seem like it was that long ago mm. that uh, this was out, but it is because Mickey Rourke is old now, and so is Eric Roberts. Yes, and Geraldine Page is dead. Um, so anyway, um, that's about it. Uh, get to pleasantries. Cool. Uh, no, uh, this movie—it's sort of—it's sort of. I've heard people describe it as a um, put it in there with like a like as a like a mafia movie, and it has those elements in it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's more kind of. Um, I grew up or didn't grow up. It was more in my college days. And uh, well, not as much, well. I would say, kind of right after I got out of college, toward the end of my college days, I was around a lot of people that are a group of people that were sort of like the Eric Roberts and Mickey Rourke character in this movie. Like they um, watched Goodfellas too many times and thought those guys were really cool and right. kind of wanted to act like that and try to be pseudo uh, good uh, Goodfellas and. Um, uh, some of them did some things that were kind of on the edge of legal legality and just kind of uh, tried to be something that they weren't. It's almost like when I used to watch uh, goddamn uh, The Big Valley or Gunsmoke and I wanted to be a fucking cowboy, except these guys were grown men and they would go and dress up and say, let's go to the movies and we'll dress up and and uh, like uh, and try and look cool and just stupid i mean to me it was like you guys are fucking morons and they'd be like at the bar and talking about respect and stuff i'm like you're not in the mafia you're fucking idiots you're like grown like uh you know all 20 year old guys playing pretend so anyway i'm just dumb and that and that and in some ways uh these guys though they did, they're not seeing the shit in the movies or what. I guess to a point they probably are because they like like Sinatra and I'm sure they're big fans of De Niro and uh, Marlon Brando or something like that. Uh, but they live in New York uh, and um, so they are actually literally literally around um, some of these organized crime guys and Pauly, um, his family. Uh, are sort of associated with 
some of the actual mafioso guys that he says, you know, like uh, Tony France or not Tony Francioso, uh, Tony Mas- Masante, Mustaine. Dave Mustaine, now, Tony Masante is actually in this, or this is our second time with him, um, and he he is Eric Roberts' quote unquote uncle. He's not really his uncle, but he's um, his Italian uncle. Yeah, his Italian uncle, and I and friends of his family, and so he grew up kind of thinking of this guy as his uncle, and and Musante actually thinks of him as like you know his nephew, or whatever. Um, but they try to live beyond their means yeah. uh to it's it's like it's like the uh what's that asshole tennis player images everything say that uh, again you you were kind of breaking up the the, 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 the fucking john McEnroe or whoever it was did the camera commercials images oh, yeah, everything yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that's the way they are even though like they they be like, like a, a fucking waiter and an, I mean, a nice restaurant or whatever, but they're still a fucking waiter. But they want the perception to be that they're more than they are. They're they're the kind of guys that, on the salary they made, if they just were normal, they probably would be living comfortably. But they yeah. go out and buy these really super expensive suits and shoes, and when they go to eat, they tip like you know big money, even though they don't have a pot to piss in. Yeah. Uh, or, <laughs> but so. You kind of have that dynamic of these guys being kind of wannabes and and ultimately losers because they're trying to be something they're not. Though they're fought, they're, they're in some ways you can say, well, okay, maybe they'll end up being somebody because they shoot higher than what they really are. Yeah, yeah. But in some ways, the fact that they're shooting so high is making them make stupid decisions and and. Uh, spend money that they really don't have. Like they're, they, they're the fucking loan sharks just to get money to get Frank Sinatra in fucking concert. Uh, and it's probably you know, 90% fucking uh, interest or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, you get to see... I, I, Will actually, I posted we were reviewing this, you know, he, he, put, he, he put down, you know, Eric Roberts' perm, members-only jackets, and method act. <laughs> You know, and uh, the method acting with Roberts and uh, Mickey Rourke is pretty entertaining to watch in some ways because they're watching actors, but also I watched some of their acting in this and almost had to laugh because I didn't get that as much from uh, from Mickey Rourke. There were some times with fucking uh, with Roberts, and I was just like, "What? Oh, ow, what the fuck are you doing? I got it with Mickey Rourke though too, because um, like some of his just facial expressions and him repeating stuff over and over, like Daryl Hannah would slap it. Or there's a point Daryl Hannah gives him some news, and he literally uh, beats the shit out of an old Norge refrigerator. Oh my God. He's like, come here. Come over here. Yeah, fucking come over here. Come over here. And then like, there's like, then in two seconds, he's like, Whoa. Oh, wow. Whoa. 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 Wow. Whoa. And, uh, and he does that. Once, he does that thing with his hand a lot where it's like, it's like, uh, that's a one, a spicy meatball hand. Motion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, she slaps him across the face a few times and he gets his grin. And he's like, you know, Wow, you know, oh, you know, wow, <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you really can hit, Ooh, you know what? And um, Mickey Rourke's hair has a life of its own, 
Uh, <laughs> we talked about Robert's hair. Roberts has this perm that my mom had in like the eighties, <laughs> uh, which was like it was, it's so horrible. Like it looks like a poodle kind of. Yeah. Um, which you know about the the the, the iPad destroying poodles. Uh, but he has this perm, and and honest to God, I look back now and I'm so glad that I wasn't of age to do stupid stuff with my hair because I remember my dad. Now, everybody's heard me talk about my dad on this show. Um, my dad is like six foot three, six foot four, one, you know, about like 250 pounds or something like that. And he went and got a perm. He's got straight hair. All these guys were doing the Mike Brady from Brady Bunch. Mike Brady. Brady from Brady Bunch. I mean, on the early Brady Bunches, he always had straight hair. And then he got a fucking perm. And Greg Brady had a fucking perm. Everybody started getting fucking these curly perms. John Matuzak and shit like that. And it looked so stupid. Um, I don't know if that was – do you think that was like white people wanting to be like African-Americans? Like, I don't well, know. Get a tan I, you know, I, I actually had a friend in the like late 80s, early 90s that had a perm too. It's so stupid. But anyway, Mickey Rourke, but, but Eric Roberts had this perm, which was just awful. Uh, but Mickey Rourke had this hair, and you didn't get a feel. Okay, it looks so, it's not quite like Wolverine from X-Men, <laughs> but it's kind of a cross between Wolverine from X-Men and um, Flock of Seagulls, but also uh, <laughs> like a ducktail, like Bowser or something from Sha Na Na. John Travolta from Greece, but it's like slick kind of bent, but he comes in like a pompadour sort of thing with a little thing in front. But then there's one shot where he's talking to Daryl Hannah in their loft, and he's been doing something. I don't know what. He's got this ugly shirt on, and he's kind of – Oh, that fucking – like it looked like almost like comic book panels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know the, the whole movie, he dresses to the nines, but then he's in his apartment. He looks like total shit, and he's got his hair just like hanging down like he just worked out or just got out of the shower or something. And you're like – Man, he's, he looks so different. Now, this was what the, Mickey Rourke, if he lived in West Virginia in the 70s, early 80s, with his, when his hair was just all up, that's probably what he would have looked like. And you would have been like, oh, that's just some dude. He doesn't look good looking or anything. But then when he combs his hair and everything, and he's got that silk suit on, and he's you know got the little thing in the pocket mm-hmm. and nice shoes and everything. He does look so – maybe image is everything because you don't realize that the guy has fucking no money and he's in debt up to his ass. He looks like he's somebody. And, um, and it's funny. I didn't, know, I didn't know a lot about this movie going in, and I assumed from the poster with the, what he was wearing, I knew that uh, – the only thing I knew about it is that you know there was like kind of a straight kind of guy, and then there was the guy kind of in the shady stuff, and that, and that one of them was going to – you know, yeah, one of them was going to cause problems. I thought it would be him. Yeah. And that, if that's the way it really lets on at the beginning with the Sinatra playing and him getting ready. Like, he's late to work because he has to fucking get his suit and his hair right and everything. And I thought he was going to be the one that was... But he's the one with the level head between the two of them. Yeah, and... and, and Level-ish uh, head. <laughs> yeah, Roberts is his cousin, his third cousin. They're like best friends. And he's the friend that's just... He, he's always getting Mickey Rourke into shit. Mm-hmm. Because he's really kind of dumb. He's stupid. Um but he just he just does stupid things. I don't think he's really stupid. I think he just he he wants to be somebody, and he just is the guy that's always going to take the shortcuts. That's always going to be late for work. It's uh, always going to fuck up things. 
and you wonder why Mickey Rourke is always his friend, but I think it's more like he looks at him. He feels sorry for him, sort of. I mean, I think we've all. I mean, I know I've had friends that I was like, Jesus Christ, this guy. If I can get, I mean, you know, they get on your nerves. And you're like, uh, but you know, you kind of. Uh, I don't know what. Um, there's some funny stuff in this. Um, it's it's a serious. It's drama, but it's got funny stuff in it too uh eric roberts has a lot of funny stuff because he's just such a douche um he tells um mickey work that um mickey work and girl hannah her boyfriend girlfriend and he tells you know her she was really hot in this movie yeah she was hot she she's she's thin but she's kind of got a dancer's body she always had long legs and shit yeah, yeah. she played a stripper in that like blue lagoon dancing at the blue iguana or whatever and uh, see, so, you know, she doesn't have big boobs or anything, but she's just long and lean. Yeah. And uh, you know, out of their way, like every two, for for a while there, I thought the only reason she was in the movie was to take her clothes off. Uh, she doesn't get naked, but there's there's one scene where she she continually takes her clothes off down to her bra and panties and puts yeah. on different clothes, and then she's got her aerobic stuff on, and and which is basically a little uh, a little almost not a bikini bottom, but a little aerobics <laughs> kind of workout bottom and top, and she's. Uh, bending over and stretching and stuff. Um, he tells Mickey Rourke, he goes, you know, Jesus Christ, if you keep listening to her, she's gonna, she'll eventually have you paying taxes. Because <laughs> so, so, he's so shady. You know, he's, any, any way to, to fuck, get out of doing something or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, artificial inspiration. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he does a lot of things like that in the movie. That's, that's an Eric Roberts line. You know, when he's, he talks about like he's looking at the way his the jockey of the horse he's bought is going to be dressed, and he can't pronounce any of the fucking words right. He's like the the visor instead of yeah, the visor. He's a dumbass. Yeah. Um, there's one scene where um, Roberts and Mickey Rourke are um, like hanging out. Roberts kind of s- starting to tell him about this kind of uh, thing that he's got uh, this idea or this uh, scam on how they can make some money and it just kind of shows you how Mickey work almost, you can tell that they probably would, they grew up together and Mickey work might've been, even if they were the same age, um, he was kind of the alpha guy and Roberts was almost like his little kid brother. Yeah. And Robert's sitting there eating and he has a big song and he cuts like a chunk of just like a, Big hero sandwich or whatever, and takes a big bite out of it. Mickey Rourke says, "You should get permit." Robert's like, "For what?" He says, "The shit in the street." You like, of course. <laughs> that was a really good looking sandwich, though. I gotta say, yeah, he made a nice sandwich. Um, there's um, a pretty funny scene where this—I um, don't know—what they called it. They called him a. Um, he's basically almost like a meter maid, but he's a cop. He goes around and like uh, checks the meters to to give people tickets and stuff. There was a pretty funny scene about that and how that works out because Roberts is such such a douche that you know shit like that probably does happen to him all because he's stupid. Like he would park right in front of a fucking fire hydrant and then get pissed if a cop gave him a ticket for it, you know. And mm-hmm. even when they were getting out of the car, if he said hey, you can't park here, it's a loading zone or it's a fire hydrant, he'd be like, ah, fuck it, you know. And then later on, he'd be like, ah, fucking son of a bitch, you motherfucker. Um, so that was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> uh um roberts would always i kind of noticed that he would uh repeat stuff all the time like when Mm. the old man there's an old man that's going to help him with the scam uh and the guy's a a clock maker and a watch and clock maker and has like a 
uh, store, and he's like, you know, um, yeah, he goes, uh, he goes, can you make a good living off of, you know, working on clocks? And he says, well, you know, I, I fix these people's clocks and stuff and, you know, chimes. He goes, you can make good money off chimes. And Robert's like, chimes, man, chimes. And Robert's like, yeah, yeah, I heard him, chimes, you know. Uh, I have notes that one note says uh, Rourke's. Rourke dash hair, and then right underneath of it, Roberts dash hair. Uh, <laughs> hey, they're always messing with that stupid. Both of them are messing with that little curl in the front of their head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying, yeah. I've always trying to do that, you know. And, and then they, uh, the, I thought it was kind of. I don't know if it was, a, if I would say it was a weird choice or a bad choice. I don't think it was bad, but they played the song, the Frank Sinatra song, "The Summer Wind," at the very beginning of the movie when it. When it's coming on, then they play the the song, the Frank Sinatra song "Summer Wind" when they're playing stickball. And then at the end of the movie, they play. The they played it a fucking again. And then whenever, okay, so that was whenever like Italian guys were on the screen, they they played that. Then whenever there was Irish guys, they'd play what it sounded like just a fucking generic Irish jig. And yeah. then some of the music was just really bad in this. Like I didn't like the Sinatra song is catchy. Other than that, it was like the music a few times even sounded like fucking like sitcom music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, oh, <laughs> there was one scene, and I can't even remember. I think it was when they were breaking in someplace, and uh, Eric Roberts' character, Polly, is just constantly he can't he just can't shut up. He's always talking, saying stupid shit. It's like a nervous thing. Like he has a nervous thing, piss all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's one part where he's talking. It reminded me of the movie Cruising. Cause he was uh, he was telling uh, man and uh, Mickey Rourke. He goes, "You buy one of those, uh, one of those uh, leather shops, whatever." And and he's telling all about. Uh, <laughs> he says, "You see these great big guys, these big muscle guys, and they're all leather." And then. <laughs> Make work says, Jesus Christ, Paul, you shut up, you kinda you're starting to sound like half a fag. <laughs> half a one. And I always wonder what half a fag sounds like. Probably like us on the show when we go. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Um now there is a you go through pretty much like an introduction of these guys and, and how they live and what they do, where they work. And and you know, kind of just to get a feel for, for who they are and everything. But then um it it kind of goes off, you know. The actual story is of those two guys, but yeah. um, you 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 because of some of the choices they make, you start getting introduced to some of these other characters. And two, okay, now I think Mickey Rourke is a really good actor, if not a great actor. Uh, Eric Roberts is an excellent actor. He just kind of got fucked up and, you know, got into the straight to DVD stuff because his personal life, you know, there's some, um, there's some moments in this where his mannerisms and stuff, like it was totally Julia Roberts. Oh, and and the thing is, um, when you, when I look at him, there are times when he's talking and it's his mouth, his teeth, his lips, Mm -hmm. just like hers, because he's kind of got, he's been, you know, through boxing or fighting and stuff like that, or even being drunk and being in a RX, having his nose kind of, is kind of smashed. Um, but yeah, he, he, there's times where you really can see the, the similarity. Resembl- yeah. Even though, like, I think they said that, like, she grew up in maybe like New York and he grew up in Florida. They lived with, he, the one lived with the dad and the other one lived with the mother oh, and they wow. really grew up together. Um, but um, we were talking about, 
the, them being really good actors, great actors. Um, the the two people uh, that were introduced to, which is a a cop and his mother, um, the, is uh, the guy uh, Bunky, Bunky and uh, and uh, his mother, which is Geraldine Page. It's the guy that plays Bunky. He's, Jack Kehoe. He's excellent. He was in the uh, the um, the Sting. And just a bunch of different movies, yeah, but he's good. He's and Geraldine Page was really fucking good too. Well, I thought I think she she nominated for an Academy Award for this. I oh, think. did she? Okay, I think nominated uh, for Oscar. Let's see. Yep, Best Actress in a Supporting Role. She win or did she just? She just nominated. I don't know who okay. won. We'll see. But she, um, she uh, the 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 guy um, Jack Keough. If you see him you'll know exactly who he is because he's in so many different movies. But he's one of these guys that he's in so much that you kind of just don't pay attention to him because he's just there. But he's awesome. He's really a good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, Peggy Ashcroft have, won that year for A Passage to India. <laughs> never heard, I've never even heard of it. Do that next week with uh, Precious. Uh, <laughs> now, um, they have any time this, at this period of time – uh, and this was another Daryl Hannah. You know, she's just kind of there to, uh, and she, and, and to be honest with you, she had some scenes where she was pretty good. Like, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you know, she was kind of smacking him around. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you letting this idiot, you know, uh, ruin your life? You could, you're smarter than this. You're you're letting him drag you down. And that's another thing. You know, I think maybe maybe it's just me. I was going to say we have all had this before, where you have some friends and you kind of have to make a decision. Like, uh, you know. I, I, my dad used to tell me this. He'd be like, you know, don't let these, don't let your stupid ass friends get you into shit or drag you down. And, right. You know. Uh, but you have a another Daryl Hannah scene, uh, basically to show off her good looks, which is uh, she's teaching an aerobics class, and it reminded me of the movie Perfect with John Travolta and Jamie Lee Curtis because you, if you have a scene like that. You always have to have a guy standing there, and the girls are doing some kind of stretch where they're completely bent over, and the guy's just staring at their ass. Uh, I had actually forgotten because uh, I've seen I, and this I, I posted several times that this is the movie that that was like fighting us to for us to watch it. Yeah. Because thing I with broke the my iPad. iPad while trying to watch it, and then. Uh, then, yeah. yeah, then I had just the, the shitty week and the, didn't even get to watch it until – actually, I didn't watch it until this morning. Well, and I thought the whole – I told Loaf, I said, you know, um, oh, I've got this. Don't worry about it. I, ha- I have this movie. I, I, I have it on a shelf right outside my bedroom like a bookshelf, and I know exactly where it is. And so last night I thought, you know, okay, I'm going to go – might as well watch this. I've seen it so many times, but I've, I, I would like to watch it again because I like the movie. And I have a VHS, so I went in, I got the VHS, I put it in, and it, of course it wasn't rewound. So I hit rewind, went in, the, went in the other room, made some food, came back in, and hit play, and it ejected. Hit play again, pushed it in, hit play again, it ejected again. I thought, oh God, I hope it's not wound up inside the VHS player. I took it out and I flipped the little little uh, hinge thing, and there's no tape. It fucking actually came off the spool. So oh. luckily it was on YouTube in 12 parts, and I didn't mind watching it in 12 parts because if I'm sitting here in front of my computer dicking off and eating and going for a walk, <laughs> you know, if you watch it in 10-minute intervals, it kind of, you know, it's not, it, it, whatever. Was well, that Roberts at the beginning of that Stone Cold Steve Austin movie where the, at the Border Patrol one, where the, the trailer blew up? Was that him? I don't even know a Border Patrol movie with Stones. <sighs> and he ended up, he was, it was a Border Patrol agent in Texas and then Steve, and then he moved up to like, Minnesota or whatever. 
Mm, I never saw that. I think you saw it recently because you said it was a shitty actor and it damaged or something like that. Uh, that was I saw. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw damaged. Mm. I actually bought that at, at the five dollar <laughs> bargain bin. I don't know if Eric Roberts is in that or not. You have to look. Uh, anyway, continue. That, sorry. That movie. He just sucked, uh, and he sucked in that other one too. I stay away from Stone Cold Steve Austin movies. He's not very, he's he's awful. Uh, uh, but I forgot Tony Masante was in this until I until I watched it again. Um, Burt Young, of course, we were talking about Burt Young and um, Choir Boys, but he's in this and he plays Bedbug Eddie. Yeah, he's playing he's playing the the heavy this time. Yeah, and Bedbug Eddie, like Mama in Dread, uh, his legend precedes itself, so nobody wants to fuck with Bedbug Eddie <laughs> and. Um, Burt Young is one of these guys. Somebody asked me the other day. They said, "What's your opinion of Burt Young?" And you know, he, like like that Jack Keogh, he's kind of one of these guys that he's he's in a lot of movies. Uh, it, well, of course, a lot of people know him as Polly and Rocky, but he's in a lot of movies. He was in Killer Elite with James Caan and uh, um, just a bunch. Of movies. You kind of just like the guy Jack Keogh. You kind of dismiss him or start overlooking. Mm-hmm. And because he looks the same in just about all the movies, he kind of plays this. He's sort of the same. Uh, I don't know whether he's playing a buffoon or whether he's playing a whatever. It's it's he, he's in another he's in another Robert Aldrich movie, All the Marbles, the women's wrestling movie. Yeah, the women's wrestling movie. But you know, <laughs> he was the wasn't he the driver in fucking Back to School that Honey <laughs> Dangerfield movie? Yeah, Louis. yeah, 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 yeah. He was good but, in that too. <laughs> He's always scruffy. He always kind of looks, you know, <laughs> scruffy and dirty, and has a five o'clock shadow and stuff. But now in this one, he's he's mafioso, so he's kind of dressed up and everything. But it's still Burt Young. Uh, but but you could see how, whereas whereas you might watch like where he played Scoos in Choir Boys, he's a certain thing. But in this one, you know, there's a scene where Eric Roberts he he has him come in this room and he says, you know, you know, come in here. Okay, sit in this chair, and Eric Roberts sits in the chair, and he goes, "No, sit sit over here." And so he pulls the chair right up beside Eric Roberts, and Eric Roberts is almost like he won't. It's like a, when a mon, uh, like in a monster movie when the 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 monster is right there, mm-hmm. and the guys just they they just look straight ahead; they won't even look over at him, you know. And he's that's what he shit himself. He's ready to shit himself, and. Uh, but Eddie like takes his tie off and wraps it around his hand, and then puts his hand on Eric Roberts' shoulder, and you and you could just see that Eric Roberts was literally probably almost going to shit in his pants. Which <laughs> you do have a scene in this where someone does shit in their pants, but I won't say. I'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> that was a funny scene, though. I I've done. I've done that. I know that walk well that he was doing. <laughs> yes, I thought of you when I, when I saw that. Uh, but um, but Burt Young, yeah, I think he is he's a pretty solid actor. For, first of all, mm-hmm. he constantly gets work, uh, and he has a distinctive look. I mean, he's you know he's, he's still in movies. Yeah, he's um, got he's got three movies in post production now and two in pre production. <laughs> he's got to be getting pretty old too. You so, know? Yeah, he's seventy seventy two seventy three. But um, he's almost like a gr- an ape in this, an ape in a suit. Mm-hmm. It's the way he's built and everything. With his, he's got a belly, but he's kind of got a barrel chest and um, thick fingers, you know, sausage fingers. Um, uh, I thought of myself in this movie when they were there was a scene about thumbs and me telling you about how I burned both my thumbs last week. <laughs> right. Uh, 
they took my time. Uh, <laughs> oh God. Oh my God. That that's when I was I felt the I felt the deuce chill in that scene right there when it was like it was like a bad it was a big bad uh neighborhood play. <laughs> well and it's kinda like Mutante um was when he was talking to him at the horse track. Um you know, he's he's he kind of sees this guy, you know, Paulie, the Eric Roberts character, sort of the same way that Mickey Rourke does. Uh, he's a he's a he's a goof. Uh, he's somebody that's kind of a, a douche, mm-hmm. but they, you know, they, they 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 he's like they even though he probably gets everybody into trouble and is more trouble than he's worth, and he's a pain in the ass and he's annoying shit. They have they they have feelings for him. like you know, family whatever. And Musante knows that this shit's going to happen. He's basically there telling him, this is what's going to happen. Uh, you need to do this. You need to do that. Uh, and Roberts is like almost starting to cry because he's like, oh, my God, you know. But he just sees it's inevitable. There's no even reason to run. It's, you know, they're, it, but to me, I thought – and I've always thought this in, in movies like this where – Say you do something to fuck and fucking piss off like the mafia mm-hmm. or you steal money from them or whatever, or drugs or whatever. And they're like, oh, my God, OK, let's let's try and do this and then nobody will know. And if we do it this way, we might be able to get away with it. But then they stay right where they're at. Yeah. Which yeah. Is, <laughs> OK, my thing is when they did this thing, this this. Whatever they did. And they know that um, it's like any other thing. When you when you do something, you if unless you do it yourself, and you've never said anything to anybody, you come up with the idea yourself. You do the thing yourself, then you can say, "Okay, nobody's going to know as long as I keep my mouth shut." But like Roberts had had some guy had told Roberts about this, so even though the old man, the watch guy. Mickey Rourke and Roberts are in on it. Then Roberts had talked to this guy, so that's how he found out about the scam. Right. Uh, so eventually they know, okay, you know, and Roberts can't keep his fucking mouth shut about anything. Uh, why didn't they just fucking take the fucking money, <laughs> all three of them, and say, okay, moving out of New York City? <laughs> let's go to fucking West Virginia or let's go to North Carolina. Right. And just, you know, Go away, you know. But they, they always make you know, you know, like the mafia, the long arm. No matter where you go, they'll find. You. Maybe they will. I don't know. But, you know, um, Roberts has uh, some advice, which I think is funny uh, for work about uh, women. <laughs> if you <laughs> use them once in a while, they'll they'll shit all over you. And uh, if it don't, you, you know, you don't you don't you don't whack him in uh, in public like some animal. And then he basically makes like a racist comment. Uh, that, uh, that that would be like, you'd be like uh, going like people from the other side like the other side like you know I think he's talking about like African Americans but he says uh, if if you don't ab- uh, talking about women if you don't abuse them once in a while they'll shit all over you you whack them in he he, he whack them with a backhand in the bedroom and uh, or, or if they're if you're at a party you you take them in the other room and you and you uh, you uh, whack them a couple times with the backhand and then when you leave. Uh, you tell them not to say goodbye to anybody and, and stare at the floor as they walk out. Like basically, you humiliate them and all this and that. Right. So, and, and you're sitting there thinking, okay, 
Mickey Rourke has Daryl Hannah, who's a hot chick, and Eric Roberts has a big mouth and fucking uh, a hair, <laughs> bad you know, haircut. Fucking, uh, I always, <laughs> I mean, you know, I've never used this term because I'm not Italian, but uh, and, uh, the term mullinyards uh, always kind of amuses me. Uh, that is a racial term. Oh, I don't yeah, yeah. really know what it means, but, you know, every time. They use time, it in Sopranos a lot. <laughs> and Stunats and mullinyards and stuff like that. There was but two then, guys, two guys, uh, two of the, like, the thugs for uh, – Bedbug, but oh, were they were they were actually big guys on the Sopranos. They were two of uh, two of the bigger guys on the Sopranos. I like the. Um, I liked. Uh, I didn't even have this in notes, but I like the um, like some of the bars. Um, I don't go to bars anymore, but you know, uh, like my friend, his bar was like a college bar and a dance bar, <clears throat> but like a a a. a, a a kind of a cool dark bar. Even Barfly had some bars in it where it's kind of dark, even if it's broad daylight. Like if you were in there, you would think it, it could be three o'clock in the morning outside. It could be seven o'clock. <laughs> and I know several times we walked out of bars and we were in there so long that we walked out and it was like noon. You're like, fuck, I forgot. It's broad daylight. <laughs> um, but just like some of the settings, the bars, the, the the one restaurant that they worked at, some of the stuff like that was really cool. Yeah. Um, they actually show, you know, these guys are so immersed in that um, neighborhood culture with the stickball and, you know, and, and didn't, would you ever walk down the street with one of your buddies, like, and like take his arm, like, you know, like a woman? You know where you put your arm <laughs> and like hold on his arm while you're walking. No, no. That's that's kind of you know. If if I'm walking next to a buddy and we like the, our arms start rubbing together too much, I take a step to the side. <laughs> and it's not it's not a homophobic thing. I'm just like, ah, stop. You know, there's there's not many people in my life that I'm cool with rubbing up on my arm while I'm walking. <laughs> I'm like Buddy Ravel from fucking Three O'clock High. I don't like people touching me. Uh, <laughs> nowhere I don't like anybody touching me. Uh, especially like fat. What? No. Uh, Wait. What? Anyway. Um, now go ahead. I, that was the end of my notes. For I, and that's the end of my notes. So. <laughs> hey. I took bad. I didn't take good notes. I didn't take any notes. Okay. Uh, and I have a, kind of a reason. Usually, what I'll do is watch a movie on the iPad and take notes on the iPhone. Well, this time there's no <laughs> iPad. <laughs> so um, this is a. Uh, <clears throat> I had never even heard of this when you told us about it. So I'm glad. I'm glad I checked it out and. Um, I'm very, very, very uh, inexperienced with Mickey Rourke pre, you know, pre resurgence. So it's cool seeing kind of what he came from before he became a boxer or whatever the fuck he did. His old stuff is really good. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm gonna have to, you know, I'm definitely gonna be diving more into that. And he, for me, is the highlight of this film. He's really good. I mean, despite kind of you know being over the top a few times, he, you know. Eric Roberts a few times I felt embarrassed as I was I was like oh god that's bad <laughs> and then you know when he would act like that with Rourke then Rourke would kind of like act up to that level and you're like okay that sucked but with but, Rourke but, but the thing is he's supposed to be a, to- a fucking total douche and a spaz yeah, yeah okay so he's kind of playing a douche and a spaz so you kind of have to give him that you know but the part where he's like crying over Eric Roberts and oh god that was bad but <laughs> and I don't want to I don't want to say that this like ruined the movie for me it did not at all um I wish M. Emmett Walsh was in it a little bit more. He he's in it a little bit, and he's supposed to play an Irish cop, even though he yeah. still has the same accent. <laughs> and um, and yeah, Burt Young is is really good in it. Um, I did look up his ultimate uh, 
whatever what well, you know what happens to his character and it does not sound fun i'll just say that <laughs> that bug yeah yeah well you know they they use law or well yeah blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well uh, they use that stuff to clean like if you have like a uh, like well, well i don't know what's that yeah. yeah we'll talk about it later yeah um <laughs> But yeah, and then Geraldine Page, the you know the couple scenes that she's in, uh, really great. Um, she she has this gross sounding cough. You know, she plays a uh, uh, Bunky. Bunky is kind of a a crooked cop, but he's kind of double crooked. So he's not only helping. He's hedging his bets. Yeah, not only helping Bedbug Eddie move money around and getting paid for it, he's also recording all their conversations in case any shit ever goes down. He can say, "Hey, I was doing this all along," you know. And so his mom knows what's going on, but his mom is, uh, she probably has cancer. She has this really awful cough. She smokes and fucking drinks whiskey for uh. breakfast and burps just out of nowhere. And, <laughs> um, you know what got me about that? that, that the, the, the one scene was um, when the two old prick Irish cops go to see her. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like three fucking mean old, or not three mean, but she's like a mean old drunk. And his partner's a drunk, and M.M. at Walsh just fucking just looks like shit. It's just like a bunch of old, <laughs> shitty, grouchy, you know, used up. Walsh people. always looks like shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no matter what character he's playing, he's always just kind of a fucking, like, mess. Even the, look at his fucking IMDb picture. <laughs> he looks like he's 300 years old. <laughs> That's going to be like us at Horror Hound in a few years. <laughs> uh, but um, I, li- I really liked that scene when, you know, M. Emmett Walsh has just told his partner, you know, you know, you got to lay off the booze. I can tell he's like, make, you know, mentions his big red nose and stuff. And, and she, I love that scene when she offers M. Emmett Walsh a drink and he's like, no, I'm on duty. And she looks over at the other guy and she knows it's like one alcoholic to another. <laughs> yeah. She knows he's drunk and she, cause he's just standing there looking out the window. She's like, what about you? Are you on duty? <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm on duty. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really good. But, um, the the story I like that the the pacing's pretty good I, I like that they spent time with the characters and stuff at the beginning of the film um, you know it peaks where it needs to I mean besides some of the questionable like over the top acting this was this was a really good movie um, yeah I don't impressed. think it did that well it probably uh, didn't I mean this is this is like Ghostbusters type era so you know this is up against movies that. You know, it, any normal movie esti- can't compete against. Estimated budget was eight million and gross was uh, six million eight thirty six. Yeah, so, so this yeah. is up against the mid eighties, like you know, super movies, go- like Back to the Future and shit like that. So yeah, I mean, not, it, can you imagine if Michael J. It. Fox would have played the Mickey Rourke part, <laughs> and uh, and be Crispin awesome. Glover played the uh, Eric Roberts part? Would have been, it might have been better. <laughs> Eric Roberts had some big ass Ray Bands on too at one point. Oh, uh, yeah. and, and, and a great like members Jordash, only. Jordash jeans or something like that. He had like these <laughs> designer jeans. They look stupid. Uh, yeah. These guys, you know, I guess, you know, it's a different culture from West Virginia to fucking <laughs> right, New York. Right. Maybe a little bit. I don't know. But there were times where these guys, I mean, if they would have been wearing what they were wearing where I live, you know, you would have gotten made fun of. Well, you would have thought that they were, you know, half a fag. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into our ratings. Oh, I forgot about that. Part. Oh, uh, this is an old favorite of mine. Um, so it's got like a special place. I mm-hmm. like Mickey Rourke. Uh, like I said before, he got his plastic surgery and his face all fucked up. Uh, burr, 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 burr. I'm going to rate this pretty high um, because I like it. 
uh, 7.75. I'm, I'm honestly right there. I'm, I'd give it a 7.5. It's a very solid film. It's uh, definitely definitely worth your time. Um, I liked it a lot. So That might have been the fastest I've ever rated something. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, let's take a break and come back and do our feedback and wrap things up. We'll be right back. Wow. Uh-huh. When I come home after a hard day's work, there's nothing better than listening to outside the cinema. I like to draw a bubble bath and get in there and play with the bubbles. And Sometimes I fart in the tub and some of the bubbles come up and I'll scoop a bubble up in my hand and I'll pop it and smell my own fart. I like to smell my asshole. Coming out his asshole. I need somebody Help Not just anybody Help You know I need someone Help When, when I was younger So much younger than today I never, need I never needed anybody's help in any way now, But now these days are gone days I'm gone. not so self-assured now, now I find I change my mind I'll open up the doors Help me. Open up the email first. We got an email this week. Kind of a couple emails, but it was just from one person. Oh. Alright, so Modest from Love That Album gave us a sent us some little feedback here. Um, he also saw uh, choir boys for the first time this week as I, as did I <laughs> all right Morris says hey Loaf and Zom hey hey uh, when I heard in last week's show that you were going to cover the choir boys I remembered this film being advertised when I was a kid in the papers I have no idea why but it was something I remembered wanting to see but due to my age couldn't at the time Loaf thanks for making this film available for me to view before you guys review it reviewed it uh, yeah, I can ship DVDs to Australia faster than anybody on earth. DVDs, yes. Um, as for my feelings about the film, Raspberry Blow. <laughs> <laughs> What's that mean? <laughs> uh, notwithstanding language, this looked like a 70s telemovie. Why would you shoot a park on a film set? <laughs> That's true. Uh, uh-huh. it, sort of, it sort of wanted to be Police Academy and Hill Street Blues all at once. Yeah, I know it was around before a ca- Police Academy. As often happens in films, we're supposed to side against the man, in this case the PR-loving, ass-covering deputy chief. But for the most part, the police officers are pricks and not worthy of support. That scene at the end between Charles Durning and the deputy chief uh, had me thinking they were both fucking awful. Then again, we're probably just asked to believe that the officers are ordinary guys blowing off a little steam. I can say this ain't a uh, duality of man type thing as covered in The Wire. That scene at the beginning with Don Stroud and James Woods in Vietnam is an obvious setup for something that comes later in the film, but when it does, it's almost as, as an afterthought. And that scene where Burt Young speaks to the young gay brought in by the homophobe officer in the pink shirt, in the pink shirt, about his problem 
uh, is certainly an artifact of its day. In the end, I didn't give a shit about any of the characters. And for a comedy, I didn't find it funny. Fark. Uh, Fark. I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say about it. Be well, guys. Speak to you soon. Marsut. And he also said, I forgot to mention that the duck scene made me think of Zom. <laughs> What's his <laughs> other email? <laughs> Am I the duck or Fuck is a duck. the duck? And it's always Morris the Duck. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, You've already heard our thoughts stuff. on it. So, uh, it sounds like crazy, Morris. Sounds, like sounds like it's right on board. You motherfucker. You didn't like that movie. What the fuck you talking about, Morris, baby? <laughs> uh, cool. So, crazy um, motherfucker. We got a couple voicemails. Hopefully, these play okay off the phone. We'll soon see. Yeah, right. We'll find out here in just a little bit. Me. Here's the first one. Burr. <laughs> I just spilled my ball bag. <laughs> I have no idea who that was. Wow. And and I can't be bothered to look up the number. Um sweet, thanks. Next uh <laughs> next one's mail. Yeah, thanks, sir. Hi, I'm George Takai. I just wanted to say I've been listening to you two boys for the for a little while and I I enjoy your show. It's filthy and nasty, and it talks about movies. There's a three things that I like. I, uh, I'm mainly calling in because I know you guys do your little karaoke thing in your voicemail line, so I figured I'd give you a small sampling of George Takai karaoke, and I like to call Takaioki. This is my Oof. take on Private Eyes by Hollow Notes. The mic version is called George Takai. You ready? George yeah. Takai. Clap, clap. His wallet listening to you. Clap, clap. He hears your every <laughs> word. George Takai. Clap, clap. He listens to you. <laughs> clap. George Takai. I wish I could sing more, but I'm a busy man. I just wanted to call in and say, guys, keep up the good work. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have some acting to do and some posts to make on Facebook. I'm George Takai. And fuck you, William Shatner. George Takai sounded like Mikey this week. That's kind of weird. George Takai. Clap, clap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> next voicemail. Hey guys, it's Bernie Sticky. Um, I kind of cheated uh, with last week's show. Uh, I've not listened to all of it yet, but... Um, <gasps> I'd heard that uh, Sylvester Shit. Stallone was uh, ringing in with a voicemail <laughs> for you guys. Um, and I'm a big Sly fan. I wanted to hear that. So uh, I skipped ahead to um, to his voicemail. Uh, and initially, skipping ahead on the old uh, iPod, um, I missed the start of the voicemail. And um, I thought it was Corky from Life Goes On. Um, and, you know, you can understand my confusion, particularly uh, as there was that episode where Corky ran for uh, class president and then went home and jerked off all over his bedroom. And yeah, it was quite I a uh, heartwarming episode, as most of them were. Um, but then I realised uh, when he was talking about Judge Dredd that uh, that must have been sly. Um, but, you know, can you imagine Judge Dredd starring Corky? That would have been pretty good. I would have liked that. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I listened to that and um, I, I can only encourage Sly to please keep calling in. Um, greatly appreciate his contribution to the show. Me too. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to listening to the rest of the show, going back, starting from the uh, the beginning, 
Looking forward to hearing uh, Jake, Jake McLarge, huge uh, talking with you guys. Never I think that will um, <laughs> take it from a solid five to a five point two five at least. Um, I don't know if it will be <laughs> fun though. I guess uh, I'll like just have to wait and see. Um, and I think uh, that's pretty much all I wanted to say. Oh, one other thing, uh, it struck me whilst watching all the uh, Facebook coverage of Horror Hound last week. Perhaps Linda Hamilton kissed Justin Oberholzer just to shut him up for a few seconds. <laughs> I don't know, what do you guys think? <laughs> uh, okay, uh, well, that's it anyway. i got to go wash my hands now. <laughs> Man, that was a little bit harsh. Spanish uh, toilets sound weird. Um, that was terrible. Last voicemail. <laughs> yeah. It's me, the cricket. Every fucking week. You never ask the fucking cricket what the movie's like. You never ask me my goddamn opinion. It's always, well... Let's do this. Let's do that. Click, 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 click. <laughs> Fuck this shit. I'm tired of it. I've had enough. All right, all joking aside, it's Ghetto Tim in Korea. Oh, it hey did guys. Go I wanted to call in and uh, just say a couple things about the last episode, about the uh, pink episode. Now, believe it or not, I hope you're sitting down, Zom, but... I am. There's actually an animated version of Star of David, Beauty Honey. <laughs> yeah. And I know this because I reviewed it years ago for a magazine called Asian Cult Cinema, where I had to compare the live action to the anime. And did the same with Sukaban Deka and Story English, of Reiki, which were all... Anime versions and live-action versions. And I also wanted to say that um, I really enjoyed uh, Yuri's input. And it's about time you got the other side on the gold to really balance it out. And I thought you did a great job, Yuri. It was fresh. And uh, she wanted to talk about the titties. And you guys wanted to get into the uh, Nietzsche and the philosophical... uh, depth of uh, all the imagery that uh, the Roman uh, pornos and the pinkus provided you. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say, and uh, take care. Goddamn motherfuckers! Bye. Son of a bitch! Awesome. I had no idea what Tim sounded like. Well, you know why? I, it doesn't surprise me that he like uh, supports Yuri because he fucking lives in Korea. So you know they may be related <laughs> or something. He doesn't sound Korean at all. No, nah, um, but it's well, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know how those people are. They're fucking <laughs> cool. Crafty. They're crafty, that's like Fu Manchu. That's it for voice or for our feedback. Crafty. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. Um, Thank you, everybody. So. Uh, on next week's show. Surprised we didn't hear from Justin. I know. Only Mikey doing George Takai. It's kind of weird. Yeah. That's probably because we recorded a different time. I think he made him mad. We recorded a different time. <laughs> he mentioned that. He was a little bit upset. So, um, uh, I'm probably going to get this guy's name wrong, but next week our double feature is a Shervon on Cops double feature. Ja. We are going to do. 
a James Mitchum. Well, you think uh, <laughs> this is about the lowest rung of Mitchum you can get. But uh, James, <laughs> James Mitchum fronted film Hollywood Cop from 1987. And uh, pairing that up with a Robert Zadar fronted Samurai Cop from 1989. So that should be fun. Um, so our, uh, you can always send us feedback, 206-339-1600, and I thank you all that did. Or send us an uh, email at silvergoldpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us uh, MP3s there, too, if you like, if you want to sing or something fun like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, find us on iTunes or silvergold.com, or join our Facebook group Yay. at facebook.com slash group slash silvergold. Slash. Awesome. Hollywood Cop and Samurai Cop. These are... These are turds waiting to happen. I can't wait. <laughs> Turd. Turd. Awesome. Uh, Zom, do you have anything else to add this week, sir? Turd. Besides loose turds. Nah, not really. Um, it's, uh, a little bit uh, hectic, or not hectic, but it was kind of a fucked up uh, recording. Yeah. So we're a little bit off because of uh, some of the problems. But, uh, you know, we try. We try. You know. We don't really, well, we didn't really try. We don't really try. Silver and gold, the 4.75 of podcasting. Yay. All right. Slightly below average, as always. Well, until next week. Yeah. This is Loaf. Oot. Zom. Oot. Bye.